All right, all right, all right. Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noisera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer. And the episode may sound a little different. Still doing a little bit of editing on my end. I hope it sounds good. The reason I'm saying that is because we have a new computer. We've got a new computer for a lot of the cool things that we're doing behind the scenes uh, that actually is not related to the podcast. Um, yeah, we have a we have a brand new computer. Oh man, I'm 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 very excited, very excited. Oh, it sounds louder. It's great. That's great. We have a brand new computer, whole new setup. Uh, we're going to be doing some pretty cool stuff, as always, because I'm not here to bore you with with Picion little stuff. Uh, dude, oh my god! Like I had such a busy week, guys. Like we've got a lot of stuff to get into, no doubt. Information packed episode. Globalism is here. Globalization is taking place. You know, it 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 is absolutely crazy what is happening right now in the world. And I tell you. I'm really pushing you guys to come join me over here in the NFT space because I'm having these same conversations, but at an even deeper level, like a day-to-day level, like the, the, the access is there if you guys want it. So, you know, let me just get a little bit reconfigured because I'm missing a phone call right now from a meeting. Fun guys, if you guys are familiar as to NFTs, Solana NFTs, we are beginning to work with fun guys. Um, I can put the link to the AMA, the Ask Me Anything that I did with uh, with our NFT project. I can put that in the description below. Uh, it's actually available on our Telegram for 24 hours. So by the time you're listening to this, it won't be available. Uh, you'll have to go through the link that I provide. Uh, you know, the things I'm trying to tell you guys while not telling you is things are moving faster. Uh, it is now season, ep- season 12, episode 15. I didn't even do the intro. Things are moving so fast that we will not be able to stay in this in this in this configuration i'm very grateful that we have a whole new computer and i've already started coding and got into code installed solana onto the desktop man we're doing some pretty cool stuff and the reason i'm telling you guys is i want you to come with me i will not be able to do this forever i basically i will not do it forever and that breaks my heart to say but you still have several plus years worth of content so you know let's not start let's start to start the show like this let me go ahead and kind of back it up and say, you know, salutations, my friends. Thank you for t- thank you for tuning into this episode, this edition of Factions of Freedom. This is show number twelve fifteen, season twelve, episode fifteen. I have titled this episode "Perpetuating Perversion: The Next Pandemic and Unveiling Globalism." Guys, you know, I, I, one of the things that I I talk a lot about with some of the people in in this space these days is how there is this weird normalcy bias. Like things are breaking down. Society is being deindustrialized on purpose. You can see it left and right, but there's this weird sense of normalcy. We're adapting to the market, looking at the economy, looking at society. They're not paying attention. And it's absolutely crazy and mind-blowing to see. And so we're going to talk about that. We have a very information-packed episode for you guys. But I mean, if this is your first time listening, it's not going to be an easy episode. You know, we're going to come out the gate swinging. We've got World War Three right around the corner. 
simultaneously with Russia and China about shutting down the power, things are getting crazy, man. You know, just last week, I'll say this and I'll get into the intro. Just last week, I had told you guys, what would you do if, if you had a ladder out of all the chaos? What would you do if there was like an escape helicopter that was going to take you away to where all the elites are? To where some of them are hiding. You won't be able to escape all of it. You'll be able to escape some of it for a couple few waves. Last week, I told you guys, what would you do if you were presented with a situation like this? Would you take it or would you watch society unravel? And that's not me just being hypothetical. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to explain to you guys, like I'm exposed to so much stuff. It really does get overwhelming and I'm doing the best I can to try to keep it contained and keep it in a professional fashion. Uh, so let's go ahead and get in, started with the show. If you guys want to support this operation, the best way to do so is to go to coffee.com forward slash noise era, ko-fi.com forward slash noise era. That's the best way to come hang with your boy and support us at the same time. Uh, it's it's uh, it's crazy. You know, it truly is crazy what is going on in the world right now. We've had a mass shooting that we really will not be getting into. Uh, in this episode, we've had a mass shooting for, what, two weeks now? And they're only going to get worse. And, you know, some of the stuff that's coming out about the mass shooter already, kids a, kids a devil-worshipping psychopath, you know? So it's just, it's crazy. And that's what's, that's, that's what's wild to me is you don't need me to show you the craziness. You see the craziness. You get how wild things are getting. Uh, we've just got to start switching up from normalizing and adapting the wild, the wildness and changing our perspective, man. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Well, let's go ahead and start getting into everything. The honorable mentions, then we'll get into the radar read and we'll start the show. Clearly, as you can tell, we're coming in hot. You know, oh, it's only going to get hotter. Check this out. Google's DeepMind says it's close to achieving human level artificial intelligence. Have we really become that dumb. This is over there at End Times Headlines. They put this up May 18th. It says DeepMind, a British company owned by Google, may be on the verge of achieving human level artificial intelligence. Nando de Freites, a research scientist at DeepMind and machine learning professor at Oxford University, has said the game is over in regards to solving the hardest challenges in the race to achieve artificial general intelligence. AGI refers to a machine program or machine or program that has the ability to understand or learn any intellectual task that a human being can and so without training. According to Difretes, the quest for scientists is now scaling up AI programs such as with more data and computing power to create an an AGI. Earlier this week, DeepMind unveiled a new AI agent called Gato that can complete 604 tasks across a wide range of environments. Gato uses a single neural network, a computing system with interconnected nodes that works like nerve cells in the human brain. It can check images, uh, stack blocks with a real robot arm, and even play the 1980s home video game console Atari, DeepMind claims. You know, so when when I read things like this, like I said before, my mind immediately thinks, have we become that dumb, right? AI is only as smart as its, its its programmer. I don't think we've reached that point to where 
we've reached singularity to where it's, it's smarter than us. I look at things like this and I ask the question, have we become that dumbed down? And then I look at TikTok. Moving on. Uh, Congressman claims America has recovered wreckage from UFOs. The truth could change the world as we know it. Another one from End Times Headlines. It says that a congressman has claimed that you that that the U.S. has wreckage recovered from a UFO as the phenomenon takes center stage today in Washington. Representative Tim Boucher, a long-term advocate for disclosure, told The Sun online he has been informed by reliable sources that, quote, material has been recovered from the objects or the craft that have been reported in the skies over the U.S. The Tennessee Republican declined to elaborate further as he said the information had been passed on to him in a, quote, classified setting. I've been told by multiple sources we have recovered something from these crafts or objects, Mr. Boucher told The Sun Online. He was speaking as we are now just hours away from the first UFO hearing in Washington in decades as the topic steps from the fringe into the mainstream. UFO discussion in the U.S. has shifted from conspiracy theories to a genuine national security concern after a string of servicemen and defense officials came forward regarding their strange encounters. Some of those we've covered on the show. People finding or seeing even uh, shadow people at nuclear facilities. We've heard about UFOs and things like that, but we've never heard about shadow people at nuclear facilities. Now, they put this up May 17th. Think about what is going on in the world right now. I think that's one of the reasons why we were hearing about this mass shooting. I feel like that's why we're seeing all the craziness we're seeing too with Roe v. Wade is because of things like this. Clearly what's going on at the World Economic Forum, World Health Organization, and so much more. Make no mistake about it, ladies and gentlemen. History is being made right now. And so whenever I'm coming in here, bumbling through the intro, trying to just like get the show started so we can hurry up and get into everything and hurry up and get done, things are moving at a faster rate than a lot of us can wrap our heads around. I think everybody already understands about the alien agenda, the UFOs agenda, the secret the secret space program and things of like this. But you've got to ask, why are they unveiling this now? Because we're going into war. The UFOs that we've, quote, recovered were just part of the of, of the breakaway civilization. The Nazis didn't lose the world. They didn't lose World War II. They infiltrated all the governments. And now you see them doing the very same thing that Hitler wanted to do on a global scale. The UFOs that they recovered were ones that they were actually able to shoot down. They're not aliens. I know we've talked about Dr. David M. Jacobs, right? And the hybridization program. That's a completely different, completely different show. But the breakaway civilization, people that have escaped to Antarctica and other parts of the world, right? The real controlling elites, these are their crafts. That's what I'm saying. There's a, there's a, there is a whole other world of things taking place that we don't know about. Check this out. Seeing ads for things you think or talk about. Is your phone spying on you? This comes from Truth Theory. They put this up May 15th or May 17th. It's by Mayuka Saha. And I think we've all experienced this, that creepy situation where like talking about it, right? Talking about stuff and having your phone pull up ads or having your TV pull up ads after it's stuff you talked about. That's one thing. But I think we've all kind of experienced this weird, weird phenomenon where it picks up your thoughts and 
that is kind of strange. Uh, but that's where we are now, you know, with technology, man. We are we are in the phases of becoming absorbed into the singularity, into the beta borg like reality, right? This is 2022. We are not in the utopia. We are in the dystopia. Let's read this. It says, imagine you're talking with a friend over a cup of coffee and casually said that you want to buy a new car or a laptop. At night, while checking your phone's newsfeed or while surfing on the internet, you notice something a bit uncanny. There seems to be a whole lot of news and ads about cars and laptops, but you swear you haven't talked about it to anyone apart from that friend. Although your friend, although your phone was on the table. Of course, this is just a hypothetical situation. However, there have been loads of rumors about people experiencing similar situations daily. We do know that our smartphones have built-in, quote, mics and apps do have permissions to use them. But are they really being used for listening to our daily conversation? Or is it just nothing more than coincidence? It says that so far, social media forums and are full of users recounting their experiences of encountering ads about things they only only talked about to add to add to that zoe kleinman wrote in a technology report on bbc about a similar situation in her case he was even more morose she had just been informed about the accidental death of her friends then she was surprised to find that the top recommendations on her google search box were the year location accident and name of her friend creepy if truly being recorded, such data can be considered a serious privacy breach. In 2019, VRT News, a media outlet from Belgium, had gotten hold of 1,000 voice recordings harvested by Google Assistant. Apparently, it was leaked to them. There was enough information in these recordings to ascertain sensitive information, including addresses and names, about the people being recorded. But now, how much of this has proven to be true? If this Is this technology even possible? David Lodge and Ken Munro, working for Pentest Partners, made an app to test this effect. It was created to record everything in the phone's vicinity using the inbuilt mic. In their interview with the BBC, they explained that they have that they built in on Google Android's existing functionality. They also revealed that the app could collect information to send personalized ads back to the user. Furthermore, there was not much of a battery drain either. Now, I, th- I think we get the point here. The point I'm trying to make is that phone, whether or not you're listening to it now, or I, I said this just the other day. I was like, people that are on social media were being programmed. And the same way that I'm saying the Google AI deep mind is only as smart as the programmers. They're harvesting our mind. You want to hear something crazy? Go look into the work of uh, Regina Dugan, and even Ken Gabriel. They're part of FedBook's uh, Building 8, F8, right? Thought-to-text translation. We're there now. We're there now. And this is just the beginning. Again, these are just all opening salvos just to start the show, just to get the ball rolling. Check this out. This is more or less an uh, a, a, a article for our video listeners or for our video viewers. Uh, this is inside Epstein's New Mexico Baby Making Ranch reason why I wanted to pull this up is so you could see how beautiful New Mexico is, first and foremost. And so I could also talk about Jeffrey Epstein, uh, child sex, human trafficking, uh, satanic ritual abuse, these type of people. Uh, it, it was kind of crazy how Epstein's whole agenda of creating like a perfect, of seating like a human race type thing just kind of got covered up 
Uh, and again, what's crazy too, being out here in New Mexico, a uh, buddy of mine that passed away last year, uh, we we were at his house one day and, you know, we could definitely see activity going on in the horizon. He was that close. He lives fairly close to him and, uh, or lived fairly close to him. And, uh, you know, what's crazy is you start talking with some of the neighbors or you start talking with other people who live in that area. They start pointing out things like folks from California coming in there, folks from Seattle, folks from, uh, you know, just all over these, these new elites coming in and just buying up property in Santa Fe and then creating like their own little news, their own little secret society, essentially, uh, and people being reached out to. And so this is a legitimate thing. These compounds that they have out here, they have, it, 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 it's a thing. They have orgies out here. Like here, let me look at this. This comes from Tyler Durden, Zero Hedge. They put this up May 22, May 22nd. Late pedophile Jeffrey Epstein's 7.6-acre ranch in the New Mexico desert, approximately 35 minutes from Santa Fe, has been sitting on the market for over a year. The Neil Lyon Group at Sotheby's published pictures of the $27.5 million ranch, offering new insight into Epstein's plan to turn the ranch into a small community where he would see the human race with his DNA by impregnating scores of women. And Bill Gates went there, too. Says Zorro Ranch comes with a 30,000 square residences and working buildings and airstrip and hangar horse stables and thousands of acres of nothing but desert and i know we have a fair amount of our community that lives in california or new york and just look at that look at those guys yes a master level apex predator pedophile live there no doubt but look at those guys see look at this luxury <laughs> and this is inside the main estate this is outside the main estate and so we've already played some of the footage that was found of uh little saint james island where he would take his uh other victims right it was a sprawling compound as well there's a general store firehouse greenhouse you know and I, i i can't help but think because i'm crazy right i can't help but think that uh you know if you were to grow and clone human beings at like a facility like this this could simulate society they've got stables they've got a greenhouse a separate residence you know this could simulate society and again audio listeners you guys can't see it but look at those guys there's no covid there <laughs> look at that bungalow another residence good lord look at this 7.9 thousand acres of, of of land we got that out here look at that mesa look at those skies again even master level pedophiles know What's going on out here? Moving on. China's advances in biotech and AI include, quote, trying to develop brain interfaces for weapons, says privacy expert. Interesting. Says research into brain interface technology is not new. Ask Elon Musk. Researchers have been using animals to test it. Although there has been increasing opposition to this, that hasn't stopped the research or the desire to use the technology on humans. In fact, earlier this month, one company announced it would start testing it on humans. Of course, what's really got some folks concerned is how this, te- 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 how this technology could be used by the Chinese government. Uh, deadly, I, you know, very, very deadly. Let's only read a little bit of this because we don't want to get caught up in the weeds. But uh, this comes from uh, Full Measure staff. They put this up May 22nd, Chinese bioweapons. 
says when it comes to the U.S. relationship with China, it's complicated. The Chinese important U.S. trade partner, but also an adversary and competitor. Our scientists are monitoring the communist nation's work on weapons technologies that are both reason to marvel and cause for concern. More on that from Glenn Tyford, a Chinese, a Chinese policy expert at the Hoover Institute. He says the biggest areas to watch are biotechnology and artificially, artificial intelligence or AI-powered weapons. I don't want to read too much of that, but you guys can go read more over at Activist Post. China tech and AI include, quote, trying to develop brain interfaces for weapons. And we've actually talked about this in the past as well, uh, how they have they have super soldiers. They bragged about it. They're like, heck, yes, we augment our soldiers. We stick them in the Himalayas, too. That's right. We have them up there experiencing mountain conditioning, training, extreme weather conditioning. We got super soldiers. Heck, yeah, we're about to have cyborgs, too. That's the world you're living in. Uh, Brazil's president, Jair Bolsonaro, says he will not be signing the World Health Organization Pandemic Treaty. Good stuff. President Jair Bolsonaro has announced that Brazil will not be turning over its sovereignty to the World Health Organization by signing their globalist pandemic treaty. An article from Nima Harris, they put this up May 22nd. He said, is there, is there a clip? There's a cooler subs. They're subs. Let's see what he says. He says that uh, Brazil will not well, Brazil will not get into this pandemic treaty. Brazil is autonomous. Brazil is autonomous and we will not get into this. You can forget that. I've already spoke to our foreign relations cabinet. And if that proposal goes forward, it will not be with Brazil. a boy. Moreover, I was the only statesman that didn't adhere to the lockdown policies. Goes on to say, I said we had to take care of the elderly and people with comfort abilities. And today the studies outside of Brazil, oh, you got ahead of me. And today outside the studies outside of Brazil especially show that I was right. He's right. And check this out. Which state locked itself up the most in Brazil? Sao Paulo. Which state had the most deaths per thousand people? Sao Paulo. That's right. The sign. I was right. The balls on this guy. And then you heard it from him himself. I wish we could have played it where there would have been English translations, English dubs. Brazil's president, Jair Bolsonaro, says he will not be signing the World Health Organization pandemic treaty. Good stuff. We already did this. Moving on. Uh, General Milley warns West Point graduates of likelihood of war with Russia and China. Says top U.S. general told the U.S. Military Academy West Point class of 2022 that the nature of war is changing and the current rule based international order is being threatened by Russia and China. By Frank Fang of the Epoch Times, they put this up May 22nd. Yeah, just more indications of a likelihood of going to war. We, we, 
there's no escaping it, you know. There really is no escaping it, and I think that's what's crazy. You know, last week we had played a clip of a U.S. Army PSYOP video where they basically confessed to being uh, the cogs in the machine, the ghost in the machine, uh, where they can basically admitted to conducting basically psychological operations against the entire public, let alone America, uh, in so many more ways. And so the nature of warfare is changing. This is fifth generational warfare. Uh, and this is why this is warfare against you, your family, and your children. Then this is war against you and, and, and with disease, famine, war, inflation, death. Like we, we <laughs> climate change, good Lord. There is, there is, this is it. This is where we're going. Uh, this is the future. General Milley warns West Point graduates of likelihood of war with Russia and China. Moving forward. Uh, U.S. Navy sailors are deserting at a, quote, staggering rate amid a mental health crisis. So it's like, hey, they're telling West Point soldiers, you guys are going to go to war. Men in the Navy are like, ah, are they, do they have their COVID shot? And and I'm, and I'm being facetious like this because you've got to understand how they legitimately like programmed our, our, our boys in off, our boys in uniform. I'm not surprised that they are having a mental health breakdown because they're actually going to have to go into war. Some people are going to have to die. Most people are not going to believe in this, in this cause. I mean, I come from a generation where I'm, I, I, my parents are military. When the option came for me to join up, we were going to war with Afghanistan. I didn't agree with that war and look at how they send our boys back. Look at how they treat them and look at all the wars we've done ever since. And look at the war we're about to go into. I come from a generation that, you know, was a conscientious objector. Look at the people that signed up this time around. Most of them joined just so they could get like a Mustang or a Charger or a Hellcat or something, <laughs> you know, and then they got brainwashed and told that they've got to respect all the transgender stuff and go at, go on adversity hikes carrying the LGBTQ P four or five flag. And then they got injected with a dangerous gene therapy that, 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 that some people have reported psychiatric uh, disorders after having taken it. And so I'm not surprised that these, these people who are in uniform are experiencing what this article says, many different stressors. Let's see. It says that a troubling new statistic shows U.S. Navy desertions are soaring and may point to an even more significant issue of an emerging mental health crisis in the service. NBC News reports that the Navy has 342,000 active sailors. In 2021, there were 157 deserters, compared with 98 in 2020 and 63 in 2019. A total number of deserters who remain at large last year increased to 166 from 119 in 2019. Most of them were under the age of 25 because they got told you better take this shot or your career is going down the tube. Now think about this. Remember when we had talked about this myocarditis, the military members taking the shot, having a myocardial myocardial event on the battlefield or something like this. These are very real things. And what did I say earlier? Psychiatric report, psychiatric disorders reported post-vaccination. You've got to think about what they've done to people and how we really do not have the willpower the mental fortitude or even the testicular fortitude of our ancestors. 
This is an expert who reviewed the federal statistic obtained by NBC described the trend as shocking. Quote, that's staggering, said Benjamin Gold, a defense attorney for the for U.S. service members. Navy officials couldn't explain what was causing the desertion rate to skyrocket. They pointed to, quote, the many different stressors in the service. Other military branches didn't observe soaring desertions during the, the last several years. In fact, desertions in the Army and Marine Corps declined. Of course, the, the Coast Guard, of course, the Coast Guard didn't have any. Of course, they're chilling. Uh, the average active duty enlisted age was 21.6 years. Many at this stage in life don't plan too far out and aren't expecting harsh conditions upon In fact, servicemen and women sign a multi-year contract that is nearly impossible to break. For a young person who joined the military and their expectations were immediately crushed, it's near impossible to leave. Quote, it's hard for a young person at the age to grasp the amount of power and control that their employer has over their lives, said Rick Jankow, an organizer at, with the National Network Opposing the Militarization of Youth, a nonprofit group. Quote, they don't understand the commitment. The jump in desertions follows a string of deaths, many of which are suspected suicides, outlining rising mental health issues plaguing the service. Over the last year, seven crew members of the USS George Washington aircraft carrier have died, including four by suicide. Closes out by saying this all suggests that youngsters who sign up for the military are locked in unbreakable contracts that some feel in if things don't turn out the way they expected. This may cause them to become a deserter or in extreme cases, take their own life. I think this is, we've got two more to cover before we hit the radar read. But uh, World War III, the stage is being set for the United States to go to war with China and Russia simultaneously. So that's what's happening right now. You got, you got, you got China over there genetically modifying some of their soldiers so they, they can extend, withstand extreme uh, conditions. You've got, you've got Russian soldiers over here basically training in, in, in Siberia, jumping out of planes, right? And what are we doing over here? We're doing diversity hikes. And look at what it's doing to our people. I'm not being a jerk. I'm saying, look at what this is doing. Russia and China probably feel like they have every right to go to a war against America and so much more. We don't have a right. We really don't. And here, here's the sad part. When you look at everything that's happening to us, we are being ordered to stand down. Like this, you, you see how everybody else is ramping up for war. You see how we are basically being told, sit down. We are basically being decommissioned and ready for being ready for invasion in so many more ways. I wish I wish I could read this article to you guys. We don't have the time to get into this. But I wish I could. Yeah, I wish I could read this to you. Let me read a little bit. Michael Snyder always writes very, very well-written articles. OK, we'll 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 read to this. We'll, we'll read to this clip right here with Joe Biden. How about that? Just to kind of set like a stage, he's a very good writer. This comes from the most important news. They put this up May 23rd. It says, you would have to be out of your mind to fight wars with China and Russia simultaneously. Unfortunately, the guy in the White House actually fits that description. Joe Biden has been a hothead throughout his career in politics, but now he is a hothead that is in an advanced state of mental decline. And as I would have warned for more than a year, he is surrounded by the worst foreign policy team in the U.S. history. And that is really saying something. Biden and his team is just making one colossal mistake after another. And now we are on a path that could soon have us fighting major wars with both China and Russia at the same time. 
If there was ever any time to invoke the 25th Amendment, it is now. If we start shooting at the Chinese and the Russians, the unthinkable will actually become reality. There will be no, quote, do-overs, and there will be no going back to the way life was before. During a press conference in Japan, Biden was asked if he would use the U.S. military to defend Taiwan if China invades. This is how he responded. Very quickly. <laughs> let's, let's, let's see. I think, I think the clip's right here. Very quickly, you didn't want to get involved in the Ukraine conflict militarily for obvious reasons. Are you willing to get involved militarily to defend Taiwan if it comes to that? Yes. You are? That's the commitment we made. Jesus. No one else thinks this is dangerous. I said we would read to the video, but let's read a little bit more. Immediately after Biden's press conference, administration officials attempted to walk back his remarks. They said that he had, quote, misspoke and that there had been no change in policy, but the damage had already been done and the Chinese were furious. In fact, a spokesperson for the Chinese foreign ministry responded by stating that, quote, there is no room for compromise. On issues concerning China's sovereignty and territorial integrity and other core interests, there is no room for compromise said Wang Wenbin, a spokesman for the Chinese foreign, mili foreign Ministry. We urge the U.S. side to earnestly follow the one China principle, be cautious in words and deeds on the Taiwan issue, and not send any wrong signal to pro-Taiwan independence and separatist forces, so it won't cause serious damage to the situation across the Taiwan Strait and China-U.S. relations. So, so here we are. We're now at a point where China can just start making threats and we are so broken <laughs> that we can't even, we can't even, we can't even be a threat back. Oh man. I, I want to read a little bit more of this, but I think you guys get the point and they're setting us up for war. I, I may revisit this next week. I may revisit this next week, uh, depending on how this rest the UN or with the world health organization and world economic forum goes. We may have to revisit this article just to get like a good base. Uh, but the stage is being set for the United States to go to war with China and Russia simultaneously. Uh, New South Wales has begun digital birth certificate programs as part of a digital ID push. And this is a huge part of what they're doing with uh, the global pandemic treaty and so much more. This is the social credit score system. This is the mark of the beast. Uh, this is the great reset. This is what they're trying to do. They want to do away with the old world order and they want to hand you your identity in the new world order. Uh, California church shooting suspect had ties to CCP front group. Says that the man charged with killing one person and injuring five others after a Taiwanese service at Geneva Presbyterian Church in Laguna Woods, California, was one of the members of a U.S.-based group controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. The Orange County Sheriff's Department said that the shooting by the alleged gunman, 68-year-old David Wenwei Chow of Las Vegas, was a, quote, politically motivated hate, hate incident. Sheriff Don Barnes said the suspect, quote, was upset about political tensions between China and Taiwan. So just like that, we're, we're, we're having civil unrest, political unrest, and the, the, the game is on, man. The war is on. That's the crazy thing. I think everybody else hasn't caught on to how crazy stuff has gotten. Again, there's that normalcy bias. People acting like what is happening is not happening. Because, again, we can't go back to normal. 
we should not expect a sense of normalcy. If and when they do these things, if and when they pull these triggers, as they already have, we, we've got to think about life on the other side. We've got to think about so much more. But let's go ahead and get into the radar read. And we'll close out this quick segment. Creepy. Look at this. Robotic crab, tinier than a flea, becomes the smallest ever remote-controlled robot. Is there a video? Looks like there might be a video. Look at that. Wow, look at that. A robot smaller than a flea. And for comparison's sake, they put this like on the top of a on top of a penny. Wow. Uh, a miniature, it says this comes from Activist Post. They put this up May 26th. A miniature robotic crab, tinier than a flea, has become the smallest ever remote-controlled robot, measuring just a half a millimeter wide. It can walk, bend, twist, turn, and even jump. Interesting. Uh, the smallest remote-controlled robot ever. Got your attention? That, that study finds. Look at this. That thing is on the edge of a penny. What's referred to as a remarkable record-breaking micro-machine was developed by engineers at Northwestern University and comes in the form of a tiny peaky toe crab. <laughs> yeah. And what's it going to be peeking at? That's what I want to know. This is straight out of science fiction. Okay, it's just a half a millimeter wide. Now, I got to admit, I'm conflicted on this. I can see lots of good things happening here. But I can see bad things, too, depending on who's in charge. The same team also developed millimeter-sized robots resembling inchworms, crickets, and beetles. Ah, great. When we're all enslaved by these mini-robot overlords, don't say I didn't warn you. I, I mean, I love the idea of mini-robots. Uh, what a benefit to <laughs> humanity. What can go wrong? <laughs> I get that. Our robot overlords. Uh, restaurants' share of food dollar grows to record 54.9% in April. Interesting. It says restaurants continue to increase their share of spending in April, reaching 54.9% of the food dollar, according to the U.S. Census data released Tuesday. That was a 260 basis point increase from April last year, when the shares were 52.3%, said analyst Mark Kalinowski president and CEO of the New Jersey-based Kalowinski Equity Research. Interesting. So even, even businesses are paying extra to stay afloat. It happened again. Actor Kevin Spacey charged in UK over sex attacks, assaulted three men. Actor Kevin Spacey was charged in the United Kingdom over four sex attacks against three men. Again, sexually deviant perverts. Like it's, it, I'll get into more of that type of stuff. This this apex predator like behavior. You'll see more of it. But uh, Kevin Spacey, remember he made that creepy video a couple years ago, where he was like basically impersonating his character on House of Cards, and then like surprisingly the the person that tried to sue him miraculously didn't. This dude has a history of being again an apex level predator. Let's read a little bit more says the Oscar-winning actor, 62, was charged with four counts of sexual assault and one other sex offense and is due to appear in court. All the counts were allegedly carried out between 2005 and 2013 on men 
<laughs> who are now aged in their 30s and 40s. Four of the charges were said to have taken place in London and one in Gloucester, Gloucestershire. I'm sure my, 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 my mates in the UK are going to laugh at me. Uh, Rory Ainsley, head of the CPS Special Crime Division, said, quote, the CPS has authorized criminal charges against Kevin Spacey, 62, for four counts of sexual assault against three men. Quote, he has also been charged with causing a person to engage in penetrative ugh, sexual activity without consent. The charges follow a review of the evidence gathered by the Metropolitan Police in its investigation. Quote, the Crown Prosecution Service reminds all concerned that criminal proceedings against Mr. Spacey are active and that he has a right to a fair trial. So there you go. So it's just, you know, it's, it's stuff that they would do in Hollywood, right? That he would probably get away with in Hollywood that, well, he just tried over there in the UK. And now he has charges brought against him. <laughs> oh, man. And it goes on. Just in. Senate Republicans block domestic terrorism prevention bill. Chuck Schumer changes vote to no. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, no veterans left behind. Group of almost 60 veterans deboard plane after one was told he wasn't able to fly. Again, you just don't see that level of camaraderie these days. More of that. More of that. Surveillance cameras use software designed by big tech. A potential threat. Yeah, man. What? Look at, oh my God, no way. Goodfellas star Ray Liotta dies at 67? Oh my God, no way. He didn't look good in, uh, he didn't look good in, in the Sopranos uh, prequel, but my God, he's gone. Oh my God. I love Ray Liotta and Goodfellas, man. Oh my God. Really? Dang. Died in his sleep in the Dominican Republic. Wow, he was 67 years old. Dang, I bet. Ah, man. Wow. Just like that. Yep, there it is. He outlasted. Oh, wow. He outlasted Robert De Niro. That's crazy. Or Robert De Niro outlasted him. That's crazy. Wow. Dang, man. Uh, Davos paints gloomy world picture. Let's cut. Let's bring in a couple more of these, and then we'll take a quick break. Oh wow, that really does. I'm man. I'm shook. Look at this. And look at this. Winnie the Pooh slasher movie made after rights enter public domain. Look at this creepy Winnie the Pooh. This is a good one for us to end on. Look at this creepy Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, director teases slasher film plot. Pooh and Piglet go on a rampage. Is there a... <laughs> okay. Let's read a little bit of this and then we'll take... This comes from uh, The Variety. It's by K.J. Uh, Yasman. They put this up May 26th. 
says A.A. Milne's original, quote, Winnie the Pooh stories only lapsed into the public domain five months ago. But the tubby little cubby has already made his foray into slasher films. Quote, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, wrapped earlier this month. And the, fir- and the first stills show a demonic poo and piglet about to pounce on a scantily clad woman relaxing in a hot tub. Already set the internet afire. It says, in an interview with Variety, director Wise Waterfield, who is in post-production on four other films, including Fire Nato and Demonic Christmas Tree, said the response to the stills has been, quote, absolutely crazy. Quote, because of all the press and stuff, we're just going to start expediting and editing and getting through post-production as fast as we can, said Waterfield. Quote, but also making sure it's still good. It's going to be a high priority. According to Waterfield, who also wrote and co-produced the film, quote, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, we'll see Pooh and Piglet as, quote, the main villains going on a rampage after being abandoned by a college-bound Christopher Robin. Quote, Christopher Robin is pulled away from them, and he's got, and he's not given them food, and it's made Pooh and Piglet's life quite difficult. Quote, because they've had to fend for themselves so much, they've essentially become feral. Waterfield continued, quote, so they've gone back to their animal roots. Tame. They're like vicious. They are like a vicious bear and a pig who want to go around and try to find prey. The film was shot in ten days in England, not far from Ashdown Forest. The inspiration for Milne's imaginary haunted acre wood in the one in the quote Winnie the Pooh stories. <laughs> I can't even believe I'm reading this. Uh, although Waterfield declined to reveal the budget for the slasher fic, flick, he said audiences quote shouldn't be expecting to see this in a Hollywood level production. And there's that scantily clad lady in her bathtub, and there's a demonic poo and a demonic piglet. I, I, I think you guys get the picture from there. <laughs> I think you guys get it from there. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get into the first segment of the show. We're going to be talking about the perpetuation of perversion, what's going on with the kids, uh, what's going on in the schools, how it is really getting out of hand. Uh, we're talking about how a school board director plans a queer night for babies and toddlers in sex shops. That's a real thing. How a psychotherapist who conducts transgender, quote, therapy encouraged teenagers to distrust their, quote, bigoted and mis- misinformed parents, especially if they're religious. We're also going to be having a, a quick video by Pastor Greg Locke, who's dropping his 501c3 status and declaring war against, in his words, the baby butchering demon Democrats. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom, and we'll be right back right after this. The young generation, like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, half of this government, are actually young noble leaders of the world. We penetrate the cabinets. The change is not just happening. The change can be shaped by us. We have to prepare for a more angry world. How to prepare? Take the necessary action to create a fairer world. I see the need for a great reset. So people assume we are just going back to the good old world which we had and everything will be normal again. This is, uh, let's say, fiction. It will not happen. There is only one way this pandemic is going to go. 
it's going to get worse and worse and worse. The next crisis is already waiting for us around the corner, and it is the climate crisis. show isn't that a true story is that not <laughs> a true story welcome back ladies and gentlemen you have not lost your mind you have tuned in action whichever one you prefer and we're gonna begin getting into perpetuating per- perversion uh perpetuating perversion yeah you know what's crazy is i swear to god i'm not crazy uh, you know you, you I might be a little sarcastic and a little bit eccentric and might be a little sensationalized. But what you just listened to was, was as we've said before in the past, uh, legalized lunacy. Absolute lunacy legalized on a scale. And it's happening. 
And what I'm going to be talking about in this segment is is how it's beginning to, to unfold, how it can't be walked back. The genie cannot be put in the bottle. Uh, they're, again, trying to perpetuate perversion. Listen to this mother's microphone get cut at a school board meeting while she reads a obscene school assignment. So it's okay for kids to read it, but the mother can't read it back to the school board. Let's listen. Thank you. I'm going to read your 15 year old daughter at a local high school. This will be horrifying for me to read to you, but that will give you perspective on how she must have felt when her teacher required her to memorize this and to act it out in front of her entire class. I don't love you. It's not you. It's just, I don't like your dick or any. I cheated, Joe. Somebody looked, somebody Sorry. said, oh my God. Forgive me, excuse me, excuse me. I, I don't, thank you so much for your, thank you for your uh, comment. Forgive me, I, we're not using profanity. Are you? Okay, this, this. required my daughter to read, memorize this and read this pornographic material. Excuse me, please don't engage with audience. Okay. Uh, sorry, so please continue here. your public comment. Your Jesus. your time is you've got one at one minute and nineteen seconds. Um, I ask you simply. This is a public meeting. I ask for decorum, um, and I'm asking Dr. Jara. Thank you so much, Dr. Jara. If you don't want me to read it to you, what was that like for my 15 year old daughter to have to memorize pornographic material, and um and memorize it and Madam President, and they cut her. Now think about this. They're asking for decorum whenever this is what they're, they're giving the kids and expecting kids to read. You think this mother had like any familiarity? Like you think when she sent her kid to school 15, you think that she expected her kid to like read this? They think about the parents and how they really are not aware of how bad things really are. Look at this. School board director plans queer night for babies and toddlers in a sex shop. This is an article by Baxter, Baxter Dimitri of News Punch. They put this up May 20th. It says that a school board director in Washington state plans to host a, quote, queer youth open mic night at a sex shop and has invited children as young as toddlers and even babies to attend and participate. Jen Mason, a member of the Bellingham Public Schools Board of Directors, will hold the June 1st event at her Wink Wink Boutique that specializes in, quote, expertly curated sex and body products in Bellingham. Quote, come share and hold space for the celebration and stage for young queer voices in our community. States a Fedbook post advertising the event, encouraging all children aged 0 to 18 years old to attend. It says that Mason's Wink Wink Sex Shop asserts that, quote, we believe that normalizing, accepting, and affirming all bodies, identities, and gender experiences is an, an inherently political act. Pleasure is our revolution. Mason also offers, quote, sex coaching to help couples achieve orgasms and advertises how she can help clients in, quote, pleasing yourself or a partner. And so, again, this is just what's around the kids. And when you talk about it, oh, you're a bigot, you're a homophobe, right? You're... You're such a bad person. Just let the pedophiles have access to your kids. You see, we always think about a pedophile as, 
an elderly, bald-haired person with a mustache and, and, and creepy glasses just staring at children. We don't think about the female pedophiles. Again, Kevin Spacey's apex predator types. They're out there. They are definitely out there. Check this out. Let me show you guys even more crazy stuff, guys. We're just getting started. I kid you not. And you guys know me. We don't cover this type of stuff on the show. This is this is this is just getting out of hand. Uh, male teacher brags about wearing women's underwear to school and coming out as non-binary to students. It's like, why are you not teaching class? You know, you send your kid to school every day and you think at least for those eight hours that they're safe. Nutley parents still trying to wrap their heads around disturbing allegations being made against a longtime substitute teacher who was charged with several counts of child endangerment and one count of lewdness for incidents that police say happened in the classroom while he was teaching. Nutley police arrested 58-year-old Richard Dunn on Tuesday after an investigation tied him to at least two separate incidents. The first, sources say, happened February 1st at a middle school, and the second, just last Friday on March 11th at Nutley High School. It made me feel a little bit uncomfortable and my daughter being a, a female unsafe. While police did not provide details about the behavior they are calling inappropriate, parents camera claimed they were told by students inside a high school media class that Dunn was masturbating. Video Gross. of the incident was widely shared on social media, causing a firestorm with parents online, which became part of the police investigation. Why was he still allowed in the school if there was something that happened before this? Couldn't that have been prevented? Like, don't our, our kids deserve better? In a statement announcing Dunn's arrest, the Nutley's public safety director insists authorities acted quickly and the residents of this community is our number one concern when police are called upon to investigate allegations as serious as the ones reported last week we prioritize our efforts to ensure no one is at risk now it remains unclear if the nutley school district was aware of that first alleged incident which happened last month which would possibly explain why dunn was allowed to report for duty just last week now district spokesperson told pix 11 in a and services are now available for students and teachers who may need them. Yeah, again, this is what happens when we just start normalizing this level of access to kids. Look at this. Uh, groomer epidemic. 135 teachers and aides have been charged with child sex crimes so far in 2022. 135, that's the only ones that have been caught. And there's so much more. There, We know there's so much more. We know there is so much more. This comes from Post Millennials by Nick Monroe. They put this up May 19th. It says at least 135 teachers or teachers as aides have been charged with alleged sex crimes involving children so far this year. And over 100 of the cases at hand involved students. On Thursday, Fox News published their analysts, their analysis that looked at their at local outlets reporting the arrests of teachers and teachers as aides within those areas and got a picture of the fuller extent of educators committing sex offenses involving children nationwide. Quote, arrests that weren't publicized were not counted in the analysis, meaning the true number may well be higher. Of course, the outlet adds as a disclaimer, over three quarters of the examples found by the outlet involved in students in the alleged crimes. The date range for, for the analysis went from January 1st to May 13th of 2022, and the locations from, the, from these incidents spanned across 41 different states. So let me pause right there. 
135 publicized when we know that there's even more than that. This is absolutely disgusting, absolutely filthy, absolutely disgusting. I mean, what, just the other week, we played a video clip of, of, of we know there's people in FedBook that are pedophiles. We know there's people at NBC that are pedophiles. We know there's people at CNN that are pedophiles. There's people, there's pedophiles at the school. See, I'm not a bad guy for saying this. Understand? That's how upside down everything is. That's why we're in the dystopia. I'm the bad guy for saying, don't let pedophiles have access to children. I'm the bad guy for saying, hey, look, when you let these degenerate perverts around them, they're not going to be moral people. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to cave. They're going to fold. They're going to, they're going to do things that you, they should not be allowed, period. And then what do you think happens to that child? What do you think they think about authority, adults, friends, heck, relationships? That's why everything's all topsy-turvy and upside down right now, man. Because we're not, we're not, we're not protecting the youth. Look at these sickos. Look at these freaking weirdos. Let me play this for you real quick. Let me pull this up. Seems like Bill Mayer is having a coming to Jesus moment. He's actually beginning to think about how crazy things are. Look at this. Bill Maher is alarmed at the number of children identifying as trans. Well, again, this is what happens when you normalize this type of behavior. And if you haven't noticed that with kids doing something for the likes is more important than their own genitals, you haven't been paying attention. Dr. Erica Anderson is a prominent 71-year-old clinical psychologist who is herself transgender and who now says, I think it's gone too far. The LA Times summarizes, she's come to believe that some children identifying as trans are falling under the influence of their peers and social media. If you attend a small dinner party of typically very liberal upper-income Angelinos, it is not uncommon to hear parents who each have a trans kid having a conversation about that. What are the odds of that happening in Youngstown, Ohio? If this spike in trans children is all natural, why is it regional? Either Ohio is shaming them or California is creating them. It's, it's like that day we suddenly all needed bottled water all the time. If we can't admit that in certain enclaves there is some level of trendiness to the idea of being anything other than straight, then this is not a serious science-based discussion. It's a blow being struck in the culture wars using children as cannon fodder. Yeah. I don't understand parents who won't let their nine-year-old walk to the corner without a helmet, an EpiPen, and a GPS tracker. <laughs> and God forbid their lips touch dairy. But but hormone blockers and genital surgery, fine. <laughs> Talk about a nut allergy. <laughs> That's funny. I uh, I guess penises are gross now, but <laughs> one might come in handy later on. And if you're a man who wants to experience life without a pair of balls, you do not have to get surgery. You can get married. <laughs> I kid. Oh, we joke. 
And never forget, children are impressionable and very, very stupid. <laughs> Kids don't know why mom drinks every day or why dad has two cell phones. <laughs> Maybe the boy who thinks he's a girl is just gay or whatever Frazier was. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Maybe the girl who hates girly stuff just needs to learn that being female doesn't mean you have to act like a Kardashian. <laughs> Maybe childhood makes you sad sometimes, and there are other solutions besides hand me the dick saw. Gross. And look. I'm sure the vast majority of parents do not take this lightly. And that is very hard to know when something is real or just a phase. And I understand being trans is different. It's innate. But kids do also have phases. They're kids. It's all phases. The dinosaur phase, the Hello Kitty phase. One day they want to be an astronaut. The next day you can't get them to leave their room. Gender fluid. Kids are fluid about everything. If kids knew what they wanted to be at age eight, the world would be filled with cowboys and princesses. Okay. All right. There's enough of that. I wanted to be a pirate. Right? Thank God nobody took me seriously and scheduled me for eye removal and peg leg surgery. Yeah, you know, this is, it's, it's really getting out of control. I think that's the easiest way to summarize it, Bill Maher. Like people are losing their minds with this stuff, and it, it's evident. You know, it is. It, it's becoming actually quite disturbing. You know, you hear you've heard me talk about it on the show a couple times before. How you know, back in the day, we used to worry about what giving pregnant mothers fish and things like that, right? Because of the mercury in them. These days we sign them up for COVID-19 trials. And that's that's how upside down everything really is. That's how upside down things are. And so when you don't protect the youth, you don't protect the innocents, when you make things worse, this is what you get. I mean, check this out. Look at this. Psychotherapist who conducts transgender, quote, therapy encourages teens to distrust their, quote, bigoted, misinformed parents, especially if they're religious. So, so audio listeners, you guys can't see this. But she, uh, man, Jesus, I would recommend you guys go see this if you can, either on our Telegram feed or on our, our podcast episode. Rachel Sh Simon, uh, you know, just think about this. This is Christian kids and the transgender children. And remember, Bet the O'Rourke is going on out there and his whole thing is campaigning for trans kids. What the heck is a trans kid? What the heck is a trans kid? Let's, let's, let's listen to what this psycho demon thinks, and then we'll pick it up from there. I am Rachel Simon. I use she, her pronouns. I am a psychotherapist, educator, consultant, and author. Um, I run my private practice here in Philadelphia, and I'm the author of the Everybody Book, which is a an LGBTQ inclusive um, yes. sex ed resource for seven to 12 year olds. So I know, yeah, yeah. And I love that you said that this, this talk specifically was geared towards teens, but you're so right that sexuality education starts 
the minute you're born. I mean, we have, we're born with bodies. These bodies are cool. We want to touch our bodies. We're learning about um, privacy and, you know, being sexual in public from a very early age. We're learning about, so drop the cons of talking about sexuality with parents and getting our sexual. This is a dude wearing a purple wig. That's the graphic they got up here. They got a dude wearing a purple wig and some, and some makeup info from parents in the chat um because we're getting some of that embarrassment awkwardness those can be cons they don't want to talk about it uh homophobic and transphobic ideas from parents can absolutely be a problem inescapable judgment yeah bigoted misinformed parents who have no idea how to talk about gay sex they're biased if they are religious. No it doubt. It can be very difficult to get into the conversation with them. No doubt. Yeah, sometimes you can get stonewalled out of information. You will. You will, for sure. Uh, you come talking to me like that, you're going to get stonewalled. Rachel Simon, uh, for sure. Bigoted. Biased. Uh, marriage is between a man and a woman. Procreation is between a man and a woman. A man cannot have a child. I know just the other week we went over how uh, a uterus can be transplanted into a man. That's still not that man's uterus. You understand? We like I I, I don't know. I, I look at this chick, her eyes bugging out her head all crazy, and I, I I I don't know. I would keep my child around you. And this is what you've got to look out for, or at least what I've got to look out for. This is how they get the kids is through this type of quote educational material. There was an article that came out. Uh, I think it was at Truth Theory this week. It talked about how that how how the U.S. government admitted to using schools for land grabs and cultural erasure, uh, cultural erasure, and uh, in, in, in Native American reservations, and that was them admitting that they did that back in the day. What in God's name do you think they're doing today? It's the same thing, but on a wider scale. And I've talked about it in the past, fairly recently too. How all of this is just politically correct population control. This is a way for people to give up lineage, legacy, history, geniality, things like this and more. Uh, this is it's just that it's politically correct population control. Think about whoever owns Disney, who whoever owns uh, Fedbook or I mean Netflix. We know Mark Zuckerberg owns Fedbook. Think about who owns these 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 mega corporations. They're allowed to have kids, but you're allowed to be sexually promiscuous, sexually deviant, have multiple partners, but you're not allowed to procreate. Man, marriage isn't between a man and a woman. There's not traditional gender roles. So you've got to look at what these type of people are doing, what they're, what they're trying to get across to you, what this does. Again, destroying the old world order and at the same time shaming it. You think this Rachel Simon ever went, ugh. I was going to say, you ever think she got invited on a date I'm just saying, I don't know, man. I look at her and I know chicks that look like this and act like this and the type of the type of guys they pulled, they weren't the type of guys. These were not respectful people. So of course they would go into this type of gender spectrum or the sexual idea the sexual ideology, man. I don't know. I, I, I look at this and I genuinely get frustrated because what I hear is them saying, Hey, we've got to destroy these religious principles. We've got to destroy We've got to topple the patriarchy. You know, we've, 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 got, we've got to do all these things. We've got to do all these things. Uh, and it won't stop there. But let's let's move forward, right? 
because as they're grooming the kids, as they're sexualizing them, robbing them of their innocence, what do you think is happening? What is the byproduct, right? What is the byproduct of having your innocence taken? You become a little bit wicked. You become a little bit broken. You don't have a positive outlook on life. You're not excited for things as much as you used to be. You kind of, you give up in a weird way. And is that not what's happening to the kids? And I'm serious. Think about how this is affecting the next generation. They rob them of their innocence, right? And then they radicalize them online. Look at this. New York City or New York's Hochul announces new con- new gun control plans after Buffalo shooting. Signs an order on domestic terrorism. Interesting. Let's see if we can let's see if we can read a little bit about this. This is by Mimi Nguyen of the Epoch Times. They put this up May 19th. It says New York Governor Kathy Hochul on May 18th proposed new measures and signed an executive order to, quote, strengthen and close loopholes in the state's gun laws in the wake of the May May 14th deadly shooting in Buffalo. The governor also signed a separate executive order to, quote, combat the steady rise in domestic terrorism and violent extremism and, quote, crack down on social media platforms that host and amplify content that promotes and broadcasts violent lawless acts, according to a statement from her office. Peyton Gendron, 18, is accused of having open fired at a supermarket in Buffalo on May 14th, killing 10 people and injuring three others before surrendering to the police. He has pleaded not guilty to first degree murder charges and is reportedly being held without bail. So that did nothing, Kathy, because within a single week, right, (laughs) within like a single week, we've already had like another shooting. We've already had another shooting take place with these with these with these laws and what's crazy is the the shooting that took place in buffalo i'm pretty sure buffalo is one of those places that has strict gun control laws it's like it doesn't make any sense why did you do this (laughs) it's not working it's not working let me play for you guys a couple of clips real quick i was hoping that we could pull up some information about the shooter of salvador ramos we could get into him We, we, we might be able to let's see if we can Find something over here on the Epoch Times about Mr. Ramos and his 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 past. If we don't, we can always move on. Uh, that's a premium article. Nope. Nope. Okay. Yep. Well, he was just a devil worshiping Antifa type. That's the sad part. Uh, the more you look into this guy's history, if we could read this article, oh, it might. It, ah, dang, it might let us. I thought it was going to let us. It's going to make us pay to read about a psychopath. We're okay. We don't need that. Let's go ahead and just get back into the regular show format. I'm going to play for you guys a video clip of a nine-year-old girl who was filming herself play tag. <laughs> she was just playing tag. And somehow she was able to pick up gunfire. This is just more of the chaos and the destabilization, the civil unrest uh, that is on the horizon. So let's find that clip and then we will continue on. There it is.
Jesus, dude. Jesus, dude. This is in Silicon Valley. In Silicon Valley, they're having gunfights like that. You imagine you're sitting, your nine-year-old girl running into your house, scared out of her mind because she's literally hearing gunfights in broad daylight. She's just trying to play a game of tag. Just trying to play a game of tag. And you're hearing like a gunfight go out. I remember playing a clip of, 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 of the same type of thing happening in Chicago. Mistake in California. Check this out. SoCal jewelry store employees fight off hammer-wielding smash-and-grab thieves with their own fists. Come on, Callie. Rick and Court, the story is incredible. The surveillance footage is incredible. This was a smash-and-grab attack, as you said, here at Bellaterra Mall in Huntington Beach. There was a stunning show of force, not just by the criminals here, but by the victims who fought back and chased the bad guys away. As you said, this is a story you will see only on five. You're looking at security footage from Princess Bride Diamonds in Huntington Beach, Sunday, May 22nd at noon. Oh. One customer is in the store when the calm Southern California day explodes with violence as four hooded figures enter the diamond shop with hammers and begin to smash and grab their way to some expensive rocks and jewelry. But the response from staffers, including a brother and sister who work for their father at the family-owned business, is just full, the footage showing them punching and kicking the attackers. One young woman charges toward the melee with a chair and hits one of the intruders over the head. You can see hammers, fists, and feet flying. Within seconds, the criminals decide to retreat. The fast and fierce defensive action by store employees was something the bandits had not anticipated. Amid a growing violent crime wave plaguing Southern California. We had a, it could happen, but it's always different when it actually does happen to you. The Baca family has been in the diamond business for many years without any problems until this fateful day. It just it happened and just went for it. Were you ever concerned about your own safety or just getting these guys out of here? Pretty much getting them out of there. Uh, at some point while I was fighting them, uh, one of them actually hit me in the head with a hammer just on the side of like my left temple. And I didn't even register it until after they left because I think there's just so much like adrenaline. through your mind? Um, I'm just glad everyone's okay. And I'm glad that our team banded together and were able to like put up a fight and stop what was happening. Had there been guns drawn, you probably would have taken a different approach. Right, I think um, we called the police immediately. I picked up a, I picked up a chair and I hit the one guy in the head, in the head that was uh, attacking Lily. Lily is another store employee. Security footage fighting, not flinching. Princess a girl. is located in the sprawling Bellaterra Mall place was bustling at the time of the smash and grab attack we were kind of freaking out everybody was scrambling around so i just told everybody to come in our shop i guess they just walked in the store broke some things but the family fought them off so good for them right the vodka family doesn't know exactly what if anything was taken they have to check all of their inventory during the next few days if you have any information you should contact the huntington beach police for now, reporting live in Huntington Beach, Chris Wolf, ATLA 5 News. Right on. Thank you, Chris. Had a boy, Baca family. That's how you do it.
imagine that you're just like literally sitting there at a diamond store just you know i don't know picking up something for your wife or picking up something for your loved one and then out of nowhere you just get your 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 whole world just thrown upside down uh, but again this just shows you the destabilization and the chaos that's just bubbling underneath the surface man uh and again like i said just last week we covered a mass shooting and on that episode we had covered ethan crumbly another mass shooter uh and here we are talking again about another mass shooter and so it's just escalating this isn't me like fear-mongering or scaring you i'm saying this is a part of the society unraveling the social uh, the social erosion, the civil unrest, the destabilization, the gates of hell opening up. You know, this is what happens when you perpetuate lawlessness, right? When there's no such thing as justice. That's a foreign word. Uh, but here, check this out. Here's this late late, late night newscast uh, talking about the Uvalde residents reeling after the mass shooter Salvador Ramos killing 19 children and two adults at an elementary school. School will be no more closed for the remainder of the year. Remember, there was only two more days left in the school year for these young, young elementary school students. Joining us now from the scene down in Uvalde, Texas, with the latest on this shooting investigation, Fox 26 Houston reporter Matthew Seedorf. Matthew, uh, thanks for being with us. Uh, we know you just got there on the scene. What does it look like uh, and who have you spoken to since you got there? Well, Andrew, you can definitely get the sense of the community just within minutes. You can tell how heartbroken they are. You can still see law enforcement here tonight, just combing through everything and still investigating, making sure the school scene is still closed off. But just unspeakable evil. 19 kids killed, two adults, and it seems like that death toll just continues to grow by the hour. And many families tonight still holding out hope, waiting for answers, hoping their kids are okay. Students and teachers in Uvalde, Texas, reuniting with loved ones after one of the deadliest school shootings in U.S. history. It's been hours of devastation just waiting, and there's no answers. Parents hoping and praying their missing children are alive. Gunmen going classroom to classroom at Robb Elementary, shooting and killing at least 20 people, wow. most of the victims young, second, third, and fourth grade kids. The crime scene worked on, and again, we'll notify the parents and the families Police now identifying the gunman as this 18-year-old Uvalde resident. Investigators believe he killed his grandmother late Tuesday morning wow. before crashing a car outside the school. Then he somehow got inside the building with an evil mission, wearing body armor. It's believed that he abandoned his vehicle and entered into uh, the Robb Elementary School in Uvalde with, with a handgun, and he may have also had a rifle. Authorities shooting and killing the lone gunman. Investigation is not complete. This is a tragic time in our district, and we greatly appreciate your patience and understanding. So right now, authorities are just trying to figure out what everyone is wondering. Why did this happen here today in Uvalde, Texas? Matthew, I'm being joined by Daytona Everett in the newsroom. My question, though, uh, set the scene for us at this hour. Uh, what are you looking at behind you? Uh, are you near the reunification center? Can you kind of see some of these families who are still waiting for answers? Yeah, so that center is only about a mile or so, maybe even less from where we are right now. We're actually at 
the elementary school. It's still roped off tonight. You can see law enforcement behind me, uh, occasionally walking through the camera footage, probably uh, just making sure that the scene is secure and just trying to find out any new details or any new clues as to what happened. Again, uh, we're about a mile from the Unification Center, and there are still families there tonight waiting for answers as to what happened to their loved ones. It's devastating. Yeah, Matthew, uh, a lot of families with a lot of questions. We're seeing uh, many of these photos being released of students that have not yet been reunified with their families here. We also have a lot of questions, as do a lot of media members, I would assume, there uh, with being on the scene and with law enforcement authorities still being there. Have they given you any indication there's going to be another update, another press conference, or is it pretty tight lipped? Well, we're actually speaking with DPS troopers on the side, but we don't know exactly if we can expect any press conferences tonight. I'm sure we'll hear new updates tomorrow. Uh, but right now, we're just trying to figure out why this shooter tried to act so evilly here today. Fox 26 reporter uh, in from Houston, now in Uvalde, Matthew Sedor. Thanks so much for that update. We'll be speaking again, I'm sure, in the next couple of days. Thanks so much. Amazing. I'm going to find for you guys real quick a couple of articles that go over uh, some of the other events that took place there in Uvalde. Look at this. Witness. Police stood outside the school while the mass murderer Salvador Ramos went on a killing spree. Armed police pinned down one man to the ground. That was clearly a father. Clearly a parent trying to get a hold of their child. This comes from the Gateway Pundit. They put this up May 26th. It's by Jim Hoft. Says a viral video making rounds online shows anxious, angry parents pleading to the police to go inside the school while the mass murderer Salvador Ramos spent more than 40 minutes inside. On Tuesday, Texas Governor Greg Abbott announced that 19 students and, teach and two teachers were killed in a mass shooting at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. 18-year-old Salvador Ramos opened fire at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas on Tuesday and also shot his grandmother in the face. Senator Roland Gutierrez said the grandmother is still alive, but is in critical condition. According to multiple reports, the deranged shooter spent more than 40 minutes inside as loved ones and onlookers begged the police to charge into the building. Javier Cabares, or Cazares, whose daughter died in the attack, urged the bystanders to, quote, rush in because the, because the cops aren't doing anything like they're supposed to. More could have been done. They were unprepared. And the viral video shows an armed police person armed police pinning one man to the ground as the bystanders yelled at them to go in. Yep, it's the same thing that happens at protests. The same thing happens at protests.
This is a shame. This is an absolute mess. An absolute mess. Mass shooters in there killing kids, and you got police officers standing standing outside about to taser you. Tasers drawn, gun drawn, about to about to handle you instead of actually handling the situation. Look at this. Uh, injured off-duty Border Patrol agent shot and killed mass murderer Salvador Ramos. I don't think we have the uh, the, the footage of the uh, kill shot, but I think we have a news report. Let's see. Uh, no, it's a little bit too long. We won't do it. But it says, uh, this comes from Jim Hunter, the game. Point they put this up May 25th. On Tuesday, Texas Governor Greg Abbott announced that 19 students and two teachers were killed in a mass shooting at Robb Elementary in Uvalde, Texas. It says that uh, 18-year-old Salvador Ramos opened fire at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas on Tuesday and also shot his grandmother in the face. We heard uh, Abbott said that the shooter was killed by a responding agent. And so let's let's check this out. We actually have footage, too, of uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott giving a press conference on the shooting. And, Bet- and Beto O'Rourke, that guy, that scumbag, <laughs> He decided to crash the actual press conference like in a typical Democrat fashion. You've got parents grieving, still not reunited with their kids, the body count still being determined. They're still trying to figure things out. And you've got this up and coming wannabe uh, pole smoking, uh, star, star, star jumping Democrat blaming people. I think about this. This is a nationwide press conference addressing a mass shooting that just took place. And look at what this guy does. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Sit down. You're out of, you're out of line and an embarrassment. Sit down. Get out of the next shooting is right now. You are doing nothing. No, we need to get his ass out of here. This isn't the place to talk to him. So this is totally predictable. Sir, you're out of line. Sir, you're out of line. Sir, you are out of line. Please leave this auditorium. Talk about privilege. I can't believe you're a sick son of a bitch that would come to a deal like this to make a political issue. And they just escort him out. And they just escort him out. So we're following some developments here at this news conference. And they just escort him out. He doesn't. There's no repercussions. He doesn't get his ass beat. He's not thrown out there on his face. He's not treated like the scumbag he is, not letting parents grieve, not letting the community get the information he needs. He's just walked out. He gets up there. The, I would have kicked. Somebody should have kicked this guy's ass, dude. Somebody should have put their foot in his foot in this in this guy's mouth. This this old dude over here saying you're a sick son of a something or rather for coming up here and doing this. He's right. Back in the day, people like you would get your ass handed to you. You should not be doing this at a mass shooting, no less, dude. I'm offended for the parents. Y'all handled this way too civilly. Somebody just, I got to, whoa, screw this guy, man, because it doesn't end there. That's what I'm saying. He just gets escorted out. He gets to come in there, make a whole big deal, make it all about him, not about the kids. Think about what he just did. He used this political event to try to gain points. We've already seen the Democrats do this. We've seen them run up on people, 
in the bathroom, run up on people at the airport, run up on people at weddings. And now Beto O'Rourke, again, is doing it in typical fashion, running up at a mass shooting press conference. The information still hasn't been collated. It hasn't been given out to the people yet. I'm like this sheriff over here, bro. I'm licking my lip. I'm, I'm, there's more. There's different angles of it. And it's the same stuff. Y'all let him speak. They let this guy speak. That's the problem. They let Beto O'Rourke speak, man. I just can't get behind it. And it's not the, the sad thing is, is it's not going to end there. The sad thing is, is people are going to see that and you're going to have copycat interrupters. We've seen people we've seen Black Lives Matter go into churches and try to shut them things down, bro. We, we've, we've covered Antifa literally firebombing pregnancy centers. These people, there's there's no bottom for them, man. That's what's crazy. One again, because we were just talking about Antifa firebombing pregnancy centers because of the Roe v. Wade thing. Minute they're like, oh, you know, we've got to protect the kids. Or one minute they're like, hell yes, we want to kill our kids. And then the next week they're like, hey, we have to protect our kids. Which is it? That's that's what I'm saying. The lunacy, the 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 the, the absolute madness knows no bounds. Here's Pastor Greg Glock coming uh coming unglued, going all the way, saying that he's dropping his 501c threatus and he's done dealing with the baby butcher and demon Democrats. Now, if you vote Democrat, I don't even want you to get out. You can get out, you demon. You can get out, you baby butchering election thief. You cannot be a Christian and vote Democrat in this nation. I don't care how mad that makes you. You get pissed off as you want to. You cannot be a Christian and vote Democrat in this nation. They are God-denying demons that butcher babies and hate this nation. They hate this nation. Get mad all you want to. I don't Throw tomatoes, praise God. I'm about to throw a microphone up in his house. CNN can eat my dirty socks. You cannot be a Democrat and a Christian. You cannot. Somebody say amen. The rest of you, get out. Get out. Get out in the name of Jesus. I ain't playing your stupid games. Bunch of devils. <laughs> I'm sick of it. They want to talk about the insurrection. Hmm. Let me tell you something. You ain't seen the insurrection yet. You keep on pushing our buttons, you low-down sorry compromisers. You God-hating communist America. You'll find out what an insurrection is because we ain't playing your garbage. We ain't playing your mess. My Bible says that the church of the living God is an institution that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And the Bible says that we'll take it by force. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. It's going to get worse. Yep. Yep, he ain't wrong. It's going to get worse. Preach. You know, and I'll say this to start closing out the segment for you guys. Somebody told me earlier this week, hey, man, you're really, you're really stubborn. You're really headstrong. And in the back of my head, I thought, well, you have to be headstrong. You have to be stubborn. You have to put your foot down. We're going up against evil. Evil doesn't play. You can't let evil get a foothold. You can't let it do its tricks. You can't let you can't entertain evil. This is why it says in the Bible, get behind me, Satan. 
because you see, oh, well, we, we, we tolerated marriage between a man and a woman. Marriage between man and a man was marriage. And now, look, we have trans kids. You give evil an inch. It's going to take that mile. You cannot have you cannot play games with this. You cannot entertain these people. You can't work with this. This this is a trap. This is all encompassing evil trying to figure out what what's your poison? How do I get you? You've got to figure out how to draw the line in the sand. Say no more. Put your foot down. Have that willpower. Become stubborn. Become headstrong. Become principled. Become focused because that's true freedom. Discipline equals freedom. You got all these people over here. That's 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 the great lie of the devil, right? He he, he offers all this so-called freedom and liberation and you know self-actualization when really you just become a slave to your flesh, a slave to your carnal, fleshly, worldly desires, a degenerate. You don't regenerate in principles, you don't regenerate in thoughts, you don't try new things, you double down. And is that not what we're dealing with today? People who have doubled down who have consciously chosen wickedness, perversion, degeneracy, hedonism, and so much more. They're not espousing the principles of regeneration, of renewal, of life, of abundance, of prosperity, of wealth. Their freedom means your subjugation, your enslavement. And this is why that's what God offers, is freedom, is wealth, is prosperity, is abundance. It's the devil that offers you that false light. You got to wake up, man. Things are getting crazier. And as they get crazier, as things come closer to us, we've got to have that perception. We've got to have that understanding. We've got to be given. We, we already have been given that discernment to know right from wrong, to see it in action. That's why we've got to follow through. And it's not going to be easy. It will get worse. But here's what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about the next pandemic. I wasn't sure if it was Baba 2 COVID or if it's monkeypox or if it's Ebola-like hemorrhagic fever. It's it's one of them. It's one of them. We're going to be talking about uh, this monkeypox debacle pandemic that's apparently spreading worldwide. And that's interesting because the CDC is concerned about the pace of monkeypox spreading amongst gay and bisexual men. So I'm not sure how that works. We're going to be talking about this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. Are you miserable? Haven't been on a date in years? Are you still upset that the cool kids bullied you in junior high school? Mixed race and yearning for the street cred of the homies? Or maybe you're just an angry, radicalized woman who lacks the skills and allure that Kamala Harris used to attract a Willie Brown. Hi, my name is Dr. Van Joan. I am the head of DIE for the Alphabet Mafia. D-I-E stands for diversity, inclusion, and equity. Die. Does that sound fun? If you're bitter about your life, you're mad about the way God made you, and you're a total loser, then you are a prime candidate to become a made man or made woman in the Alphabet Mafia. You want to know more about us? We're a for-profit coalition of organizations funded by George Soros. We're Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ, and critical race theory, all rolled into one. 
We burn and loot cities. We redefine marriage. And we're also in the process of redefining and expanding gender identities. If you have a writing flair, you would be a good fit at the New York Times. We're rewriting history and we're helping Americans understand that this country is a massive failure. Do you have a violent criminal history? Maybe you've done time in prison for pedophilia, rape, maybe even some domestic violence, and you can't find the right job in corporate America? No problem. At DIE, you're a perfect candidate to loot, burn, and terrorize black communities. You could be the next Joseph Rodenbaum. So don't miss your chance to kill America. Call us right now at 1-800-555-MARA. That's 1-800-555. Let's all make America racist again. there. Are you hesitant to get the vaccine? Yeah. Then get the brand new government-approved Vaccinate Me Elmo doll. Wow! Elmo loves experimental vaccines! With the Vaccinate Me Elmo doll, your kid will finally feel the pressure and shame we've successfully made you feel to get the COVID vaccine. Quick! Give me the vaccine! Elmo don't want to be responsible for the death! there. Are you hesitant to get the vaccine? Yeah. Then get the brand new government-approved Vaccinate Me Elmo doll. Wow! Elmo loves experimental vaccines! With the Vaccinate Me Elmo doll, your kid will finally feel the pressure and shame we've successfully made you feel to get the COVID vaccine. Quick! Give me the vaccine! Elmo don't want to be responsible for the deaths of friends or family! Thanks! Ha <laughs> Now Elmo's a good the Vaccinate Me Elmo doll comes with a toy syringe, a stethoscope. Elmo, your heart is beating fast. Are you having complications? And a tiny vial of something. It's not the vaccine, promise. It's, uh, water. Let your kid drink it. Elmo, can't you take your mask off now? No! Gotta keep that mask on forever! That feels like mixed messaging. With the Vaccinate Me Elmo doll, your child will be begging you to get the vaccine, just scared out of their little mind for the fate of the world, or your money back. It's your turn. Time to get the vaccine. <laughs> Who want to? Sorry, you have to. <laughs> no. Do it. No. You have no choice. No. Now. Now. Or else. Or else what? Last chance. And for all you anti-science conspiracy-believing parents, buy the re-released classic Tickle Me Elmo. It's perfectly normal. <laughs> now this is fun. <laughs> Get the vaccine or die. <laughs> buy the Vaccinate Me Elmo doll today. It's required by the CDC. The Babylon Bee Guide to Wokeness will teach you everything you need to know about how to choose your pronouns, how to blame everyone else for your problems, how to show the world just how wonderful you are, the art of virtue signaling, the basis of race, gender, and intersectionality, the truth about American history, problematic books, and how to tell if a baby is racist. Yeah.
Yeah, that's that's what we're dealing with, ladies and gentlemen. Absolute legalized lunacy. Uh, but welcome back. You made it. You made it through. Uh, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the next pandemic. The second segment. We're clearly going to be talking about COVID, monkeypox. Uh, what we need to do is a, a, a refresher on the SPARS pandemic document, because that's what we're going into. We know that they're preparing us for another pandemic. Uh, and that's exactly where we are now. People are lost in echo chambers. They have no idea what's going on. Uh, and it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, but before we go ahead and get this, seg- this segment started, if you guys want to support this operation, please go to ko-fi.com forward slash noise era, coffee.com forward slash noise era. That's the best way to support us. Keep us going. Otherwise, we got to shut down. Uh, we have to. We, we, we've, I've got to think about so much crazy stuff that I'll, I'll, I'll be quite honest with you. The, the exclusive membership program at this point is literally just like a, it's, it's, it's ceremonial at this point. It's really not a functioning aspect of the podcast. Uh, if I were to tell you guys some of the numbers and things that I've been talking with people in the space about, like I'm, I'm telling you to join exclusive members because I'm going to have to go into the NFT Solana stuff. And I really want you to profit from that the same way that I'm profiting. Uh, so it's really not a functioning aspect or a functioning component of the podcast. Uh, it's definitely more, again, a ceremonial thing. Uh, people who are actually interested in what I'm doing as an individual and stuff like that, man. Yeah, it's exclusive stuff. It's it's, it's extra content. KO-FI.com forward slash noise era. That's the best way to support us and to get behind the scenes exclusive content on everything else that we are doing. Let's go ahead and start getting into the content for this segment. Believe it or not, it's a fairly quick segment. Uh, It's a fairly quick segment. But here's that guy, I guess, called our president saying that we should be concerned about monkeypox. See, I don't know. I, I guess I was listening to this guy speak and I'm looking at his security detail. I'm looking at the people around him. Look at this slack jawed guy right here, I guess is his detail. And then there's another individual over here in the corner that seems to be a handler or a uh, an agent of some type. Uh, I hate to sound like a racist, but they are of obvious oriental descent. And uh, it seems like they're frustrated to see Joe Biden talking to people. Uh, the gentleman seems to reach for his phone and take a picture of the event. So I don't know, man. I just find it. I, again, I'm looking at your slack jawed American detail and I'm looking at your uh, very, very excited Chinese detail and. It's it's all a joke. It's all one sick joke. But there's Joe Biden saying that we need to be concerned about monkeypox. And he can't wait to talk to us about the vaccines that he's ordered. Look at this. Health officials have confirmed the first 2022 U.S. case of monkeypox in Massachusetts. Another one from Gateway Pundit. They put this up May 18th. And before I get into this, you know, this is I, what I need to do is, is, is find the show notes if this decides to progress and go back in time and pull up the article. You guys may have not remembered it. I think it was like in Pennsylvania 
there was like a, a semi a semi truck that was carrying all these monkeys that were headed for Texas. You guys remember that? It like popped up in the news real quick, and we had we had talked about how that was like a twelve monkeys type thing. One monkey got away, and then the lady that had found found it began to exhibit symptoms. You guys remember that? That was definitely a thing. I don't know. Maybe if this decides to progress a little bit more than uh, the Omicron Baba two COVID variant. I might dig that back up because that might have been some foreshadowing. Again, 12 monkeys type thing. Uh, but here they are talking about monkeypox in Massachusetts. The next pandemic. It says health officials confirmed on Wednesday the first case of monkeypox virus infection in Massachusetts this year. The CDC expressed concern on Tuesday about the monkeypox outbreak in the UK and warned of the possibility that the outbreak could spread beyond UK borders. Quote, we do have a level of concern that is very different than we have than we typically think of from monkeypox. And I think we have some concern that there could be spread outside the UK associated with this, a senior CDC official told Stat in an interview. Now the Massachusetts Department of Public Health, DPH, has confirmed the first case of monkeypox virus infection in a male adult who recently traveled to Canada. This next part comes from Breaking 911. It says initial testing was completed late Tuesday at the State Public Health Laboratory in Jamaica Plain and confirmatory, uh, confirmatory testing and was completed today at the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. DPH is working closely with the CDC, relevant local boards of health, and the patient's health care providers to identify individuals who may have been in contact with the patient while he was infectious. This contact tracing approach is the most... Uh, ugh, I hate contact tracing. This contact tracing approach is the most appropriate given the nature and the transmission of the virus. The case poses no risk to the public and the individual is hospitalized and in good condition. Monkeypox is a rare but potentially serious viral illness that typically begins with flu-like illness and the swelling of the lymph nodes and progresses to a rash on the face and body. Most infections last two to, 14, two to four weeks. In parts of Central and West Africa where monkeypox occurs, people can be exposed through bites or scratches from rodents and small mammals, preparing wild game or having contact with an infected animal or possibly animal products. The virus does not spread easily between people. Transmission can occur through contact with bodily fluids, monkeypox sores, items that have been contaminated with fluids or sores, uh, clothing, bedding, etc., or through respiratory droplets following prolonged face-to-face -face contact. Since early May of 2022, the United Kingdom has identified nine cases of monkeypox. The first case had recently traveled to Nigeria. None of the other cases have reported recent travel. UK health officials report that the most recent cases in the UK are in men who have sex with men. Based on findings of the Massachusetts case and the recent cases in the UK, clinicians should consider a diagnosis of monkeypox in people who present with an otherwise unexplained rash and one traveled in the last 30 days to a country that has recently confirmed or suspected cases of monkeypox. Two, report contact with a person or people who with confirmed or suspected monkeypox, or three, is a man who reports sexual contact with other men. This clinical guidance is consistent with recommendations from the UK health officials and US federal health officials based on identified cases. So there you have it. Monkeypox has landed in America. In America, just in time, because the Biden administration has bought millions of doses of monkeypox vaccinations after that first confirmed case in Massachusetts. Health officials are currently investigating the second potential case in New York City. Gross. There's no clip, but there is a photo. Look at this. 
Gross. Look at those sores. Ew. Ew, 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 ew. Nasty. This is by uh, Julian Conradson of the Gateway Pundit. They put this up May 19th. It says, with midterms fast approaching, Democrat approval ratings keep cratering out of control. The hysteria surrounding COVID-19 rapidly waning. It seemed like it was the only a matter of time before another crisis developed that would help lift the left, that would help the left reinstitute the tyrannical control mechanisms they used throughout the China virus pandemic. Well, now we have monkeypox, a viral infection that is traditionally mild and rare in humans popping up all across Western countries. Oddly enough, the virus is seemingly spreading from person to person like never before, leaving many people, including those in the scientific scientific community, scratching their heads and asking themselves, well, what's going on? Now, we are obviously a long way off from what we experienced with the last pandemic, but either way, whether the origins of this is more transmissible, monkey virus, monkeypox virus are natural, or something else like COVID-19, the timing of this new outbreak is curious, to say the least. With a recent surge of nearly 40 cases in Europe, the first positive case being confirmed in the U.S. on Wednesday in Massachusetts, and a second potential case now being investigated by the health officials in New York City, the Biden administration is wasting no time in, quote, preparing for the next public health emergency. On Thursday, the federal government ordered 13 million monkeypox vaccines from the U.S. from the, from the European biotechnology company Bavarian Nordic, according to Newsweek. In all, a total of $119 million was spent on the on the Gianios, G, G, Genios vaccine, which works out to about nine dollars and fifteen cents per dose. That's interesting. Genios. Genios. Information came out too this week. I didn't get around to posting it, but uh, apparently they worked on monkeypox at Wuhan, at the Wuhan Institute of Virology as well. So even more. Strange things surrounding this. Check this out. The World Health Organization has convened an emergency meeting on monkeypox after you case after after cases in the UK doubled to twenty. Only going to read a little bit of this, just so we can get it on record. It comes from Survive the News, and they put this up May twentieth. Says that the World Health Organization will convene an emergency meeting on monkeypox after cases in the UK doubled to twenty says that health officials confirmed the case of monkeypox in Massachusetts on Wednesday. Reporting the monkeypox to STAT. And now the New York Post has reported that the World Health Organization is reportedly convening an emergency meeting on the alarm spread, alarming spread of monkeypox around the world, including a possible case in the Big Apple. The United Nations' health authority is bringing together leading experts on the rare disease as a number of new countries announced their first confirmed cases Friday, according to the Telegraph. The main concern is how the virus, usually concentrated in West Africa, may be spreading, the UK paper noted, with many of the new cases among people who had not recently traveled. The World Health Organization will also be examining why clusters include gay or bisexual men, the paper said, with we see giving similar warnings. And I think we actually have a, a clip about that as well following this other article or before this, this, this article by Michael Snyder. Now let's read this monkeypox spreads like wildfire all across the planet. As the world health organization warns, there will be more cases. Now we have a couple more video clips to play right after this. 
the love about Michael Snyder's articles is they're always very well done, easily read, and they feed in very, very nicely. Uh, unfortunately, we were unable to read the in-depth article about World War III on our horizons. It's too heady for the start of the show. But we have hit that sweet spot where this will work. So let's get into this. They put this up May 22nd. It's over there at the most important news. And the article goes, is this going to be the next global pandemic? When I first wrote about this monkeypox outbreak exactly one week ago, there were just three cases and all of them were in the UK. Now, here we are just seven days later and there are confirmed or suspected cases in 17 different countries. If you are still not familiar with monkeypox, it has been described as a less deadly cousin of smallpox. In the 20th century, smallpox killed more than 300 million people. And so we definitely do not want to see a smallpox outbreak ever again. The death rate of monkeypox is much lower, but it is still has the potential to kill lots of people. And so hopefully authorities can find a way to contain this outbreak before it spirals out of control. At this point, countless numbers of people are already carrying monkeypox without even knowing it. We are being told that this is an incubation period of from 5 to 21 days. And so that means that someone could potentially be spreading it for weeks before serious symptoms show up. Some of the early symptoms include fever, headaches, and a shortness of breath. Ugly, fluid-filled skin sores start showing up, and these sores can appear all over the body. It truly is a horrifying disease, and the death rate in humans can be as high as 10%. The death rate for COVID is well under 1%, and that disease threw the entire globe into a state of chaos for a solid two years. So imagine what would happen if the monkeypox became a global pandemic. Let me pause right there. In our previous episode, I had talked about like a like the zombie outbreak as we were showing clips of we were showing clips of of, of uh, armed security guards protecting food, and I had this like crazy rant about how that's the future, you know, that's the zombie apocalypse, you know, that's 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 Tom Clancy's The Division. Uh, and could you imagine? weakened hobbled people with sores over their body crawling towards like food centers saying eat us what do you think they're gonna do i don't know i i i i have to think in terms like this now because we are not in normal term normal times anymore five to 21 days is their incubation period so what like so like one to three weeks one to three weeks and so we're going to start seeing some even more cases pop up now, right? Because we've got all these events going on. You've got EDC, Jay-Z Carnival. You guys remember we covered it a couple of years ago when I said don't catch Coachella because there was a Coachella a herpes outbreak over there in Coachella. This is all happening post-COVID when people have weak immune systems, right? And so much more. This could actually be like an actual issue. So let's let's read a little bit more. It says just a few hours ago, the BBC explained that the number of countries with confirmed or suspected cases had risen to 15. Israel, Switzerland and Austria are the latest countries to confirm cases of monkeypox, bringing the total number of nations reporting outbreaks to 15. Israel and Switzerland both said they identified one infected person who had recently traveled abroad. Israel is investigating other suspected cases. But since then, two more countries have been added to the list to bring the grand total to 17. This outbreak is moving so quickly and nobody is exactly sure what is going to happen next. Anticipating the worst, Belgium has become the very first nation in the world to institute a mandatory quarantine for anyone that tests positive. 
says that Belgium has become the first country to introduce a compulsory 21-day monkeypox quarantine. As 14 countries now confirm outbreaks of the viral disease and doctors warn of a significant rise in the UK cases. Those who contract the virus will now have to self-isolate for three weeks, Belgian health authorities have said after three cases were report recorded in the country. Will more countries follow suit? And if things get bad enough, could we see could we soon see monkeypox lockdowns all over the globe? Let's hope not, because that would be a nightmare. This outbreak is a great mystery to health authorities because usually a monkeypox has a difficult time spreading from person to person. But now this current strain seems to behave differently. And one official in the UK is open community transmission is taking place. It comes as Dr. Susan Hopkins, a chief medical advisor to the UK Health Secretary Security Agency, today also warned that monkeypox is spreading through community transmission in the UK with more cases being detected daily. Savid Yavid yesterday revealed another 11 Britons had tested positive for the virus, taking the total to 20. The cases include a British child currently in a critical condition at a London hospital, while a further 100 infections have been recorded across Europe. Could this outbreak soon explode to such a level that it will turn all of our lives completely upside down like COVID did? At this point, we just don't know. But our leaders are certainly acting as if they believe this will be something big. Joe Biden is is warning that this outbreak is, quote, something that everybody should be concerned about. We played the clip for you. And the official World Health Organization website is telling us that they fully expect that, quote, there will be more cases. The situation is evolving, and the World Health Organization expects that there will be more cases of monkeypox identified as surveillance expands in non-endemic countries. Immediate actions focus on informing those who may have who may be most at risk for monkeypox infection accurate information in order to stop further spread. Current available evidence suggests that those who say those that who are at most risk are those who have had close physical contact with someone with monkeypox while they are asymptomatic. So we shall see what happens. Michael goes on to say, personally, I'm extremely concerned about this turn of events. As my regular readers already know, I've been watching this, watching for this exact type of outbreak for the last couple of years. Meanwhile, there's another has just erupted in Iraq that I am going to be closely monitoring as well. Oh man, it's just, it's crazy, isn't it? Listen to this. It says, according to a top Iraqi official, there have been 90 confirmed cases of viral hemorrhagic fever, and 18 of those have already died. And so let me let me pause right there before I read this quick this this excerpt. This is this is the one that I'm most concerned about. I think they're they're, they're softening us up with with monkeypox. And as I said before, I think the we're we're dealing with the post pandemic endemic type mindset when people have taken a vaccine that's destroyed their immune system. I'm not so much worried about monkeypox, but I'm for sure worried about this Ebola-like hemorrhagic fever virus. They are having a hard time stomping it out over there in China. Apparently, they're having an issue with it over there in Iraq. Uh, I I could see the Ebola-like hemorrhagic fever virus becoming even more of an issue. And even Dr. Robert Malone has pointed this out as well. But the problem is, is now we have monkeypox and Ebola-like hemorrhagic fever viruses simultaneously just ripping through the population right after they've had their immune system destroyed. If COVID killed 1% of the population and they're saying monkeypox has the potential to kill 10%, God only knows what the Ebola-like hemorrhagic fever virus is and the, uh, what, what that percentage would be. And with the Ebola-like hemorrhagic fever virus, that's people sweating and bleeding from their faces, man. 
So again, zombie-like scenario, right? People with pus-filled fluid boils on their body, and then they're bleeding from their face. Does that not look like a zombie to you? Let's finish this off. It says the spokesman of the Iraqi Ministry of Health and Environment, Saif al-Badar, announced on Saturday that, quote, there is a dangerous rise in viral hemorrhagic fever cases in Iraq. Al-Badar explained that the, quote, number of infected people by the VHF has so far reached 90 cases throughout Iraq, and that 18 VHF-related deaths have already been recorded in the country. And that same official has warned that the number of cases will almost certainly continue to rise, saying, quote, the number of infected people will continue to increase because we have already registered as many suspected cases, he added. After the events of the past two years, the population of the world is so vulnerable right now. If another great pandemic does break out, it could easily rip through much of the globe, much of the global population. And if large numbers of the people were to start dying, the level of fear would be off the charts. And the governments around the world would likely respond by instituting lockdowns that are even stricter than what we witnessed for COVID. My hope is that such a terrifying and horrifying scenario can be avoided. So let us hope for the best, but let us also do what we can to prepare for the worst. Oof. Uh, You know, Michael Snyder is a terrifying, terrifying uh, author. Terrifying. So there you have it. It seems like the monkeypox and Ebola-like hemorrhagic fever virus are on our horizon. And we know they're planning for another lockdown. We know they liked what they were able to accomplish with the first one. We know they didn't get the numbers that they wanted, the death, and so much more. Here's a quick video clip from NBC News. CDC concerned about the pace of monkeypox developing worldwide among gay and bisexual men. The CDC expects to receive additional samples today from possible monkeypox cases across the country. The agency saying it has confirmed one case in Massachusetts. There are other suspected infections in New York City, Florida, Utah, and Washington State. Monkeypox is a rare but potentially serious viral illness, usually found in West and Central Africa. The World Health Organization has now identified around 200 confirmed or suspected monkeypox cases in 12 Western countries. Common symptoms include fever, aches, and rashes all over the body. The CDC says monkeypox likely spreads between humans through large respiratory droplets that only travel up to a few feet, requiring prolonged face-to-face contact. It can also spread through bodily fluids, lesions, and contaminated clothes or bedding. Dr. Kurt Zasky had monkeypox in 2003 during the first U.S. outbreak. The veterinarian says he came into contact with an infected prairie dog. Well, I probably was sick for about five days, and uh, uh, within uh, about two days of antibiotic, I started feeling quite well. Right now, there are two vaccines available. One is specifically for monkeypox, the other an older vaccine for smallpox. The CDC is releasing some vaccines from the national stockpile. For the general public, this is not something of grave concern. An advisor to the WHO telling the Associated Press the leading theory to explain the current spread of the disease appears to be transmission among gay and bisexual men at two raves held in Spain and Belgium. 
The CDC is now urging the LGBT community to be on alert. Still, public health experts stress anyone can get it, regardless of sexual orientation. The company that makes the specific monkeypox vaccine says the U.S. currently has access to 1.4 million doses. All right, Gabe, thank you so much. All right, Gabe, thanks, Holmes. So there you have it. And I can't help but think as we were reading Michael's article and more and everything we covered in the first segment, some of these gay and bisexual people are near kids. And these, these schools can become incubation chambers. I don't know, man. Well, well, we will clearly keep our eye out regarding this and more. Uh, but it's not looking, not looking too pretty. Not looking too pretty at all. Uh, Pfizer document dump shows doctors with ties to the Gates Foundation deleted trial participants' vaccine injury. So just more evil from the Gates Foundation. Oh, you got hurt by the vaccine? Delete. Huh. Myocarditis, eh? Delete. Hepatitis, huh? Delete. Seizures, huh? Delete. Huh. Looks like I'm having a hard time deleting all these things. Maybe we should hire more people. And they did that. They hired more people to field and delete and comb through the vaccine injuries. Just absolute evil, perpetuating more of the propaganda that the vaccine's safe and effective. Uh, this comes from Michael Navar- Nav- Navardakis, a PhD. He uh, wrote this for Children's Health Defense. They put this up May 18th. It was reposted by Science of the Time. It says that an 80,000-page cache of Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine documents released by the FDA, sheds lights on Pfizer's extensive vaccine trials in Argentina, including the unusually large size of the trials and the story of a trial participant whose vaccine reaction was, quote, disappeared. The case of, of, Augusto, of Augusto Rue in Argentina suggests that at, then in at least one instance, a trial participant whose symptoms were determined to be connected to the COVID-19 vaccine was later listed in official records as having experienced adverse events that were not related to the vaccination. The vaccine trials in Argentina also appear to have glossed over adverse events suffered by other trial participants and the potential connection between the adverse events and the vaccine. The FDA on May 2nd released the latest case of documents which pertain to the emergency youth authorization of Pfizer's vaccine as part of a court-related or court-ordered disclosure schedule stemming from an expedited Freedom of Information request filed in August of 2021. As previously reported by the defender, the documents included case reports, forms from Pfizer COVID vaccine trials in the U.S. and the, quote, third interim report from Fire from BioNTech's trials conducted in Germany, both of which list at, listed adverse events sustained by participants in the U.S. and German trials. Many of these adverse events were indicated as being, quote, unrelated to the vaccine even in instances where the patients were healthy or otherwise had no prior medical history related to the vac- to related to the injuries they studied or they sustained. <laughs> just, just, you know, I, I put this in here basically, I guess, like as a reminder that these people do these things, that, that, that this is what these people do. They know you're being hurt by the vaccine. They admitted to myocarditis when we know for sure that there is even more, well, like like, like nine pages of side effects, they admitted to myocarditis, right? They know people are getting hurt. They know people's immune systems have been depleted. We have a clip from CNN where they admit that. 
they know that people are being injured by this vaccine, but they got to keep the game going. They got to keep lying. They got to keep double down. I mean, uh, monkeypox, you know, wear your mask or whatever. You, you, you've you got to think about, again, the sheer level of coercion, coordination and evil that we're actually dealing with. Let's let's move forward. Let me pull up for you guys real quick a clip. That's <laughs> actually good news in a weird way. Uh, I'm going to pull up for you guys a quick clip of the Moderna CEO saying that they were forced to throw away uh, 30 million vaccines because the uptake just isn't there. People don't want the vaccines. This is a good thing. Uh, But we also have another clip right after that that we'll play for you. But here is the Moderna CEO uh, who admitted to creating a simulant of COVID-19, admitting that they have to throw away 30 million vaccines in the garbage because nobody wants them. As Seth knows, we are now throwing those into the garbage. It's it's sad to say. I'm in the process of throwing 30 million doses into the garbage because nobody wants them. Uh, we have a big demand problem. We right now have uh, governments, we try to contact, not only Seth who is doing great work with his team trying to get demand into the countries, but also we contacted through the Washingtons in, the embassies in Washington, every country, and nobody wants to take them. And so the challenge we have now is it's a very different situation than we had two years ago. The problem we had two years ago is there was no mRNA capacity in the world, zero. The situation is very different today. Modern has 3 billion doses of annual capacity. Pfizer has 4 billion doses, at 7 billion doses, and the Chinese don't want the vaccines of mRNA. So if you just take the just the Chinese population out, you have more than, a, as we just discussed, the issue in many countries is people don't want vaccines. In the US, people don't want vaccines. Around the world, we have a lot of people who don't want the vaccine, as the Prime Minister and his team are working against. So we don't have a capacity issue around the planet. It is not true. It was true two years ago. It's not true today. Yeah, people don't want the vaccine. They don't want to be injured. They they don't want to develop myocarditis. They don't they don't they don't want to be hurt. Crazy concept. Uh, they're reading the studies. They're seeing their friends around them get sick and debilitated, and they don't want to be a part of it. You know try as hard as they could they couldn't fully lock down the information and the information that did get out was alarming and disturbing like this right here pfizer ceo at davos brags about a new pill with a chip that will send the signal to authorities that it's been ingested it is a basically biological in the tablet and once you take the tablet and dissolves into your stomach sends a signal that you took the tablet so imagine the applications of that, uh, compliance, uh, the insurance companies to know that the medicines that patients should take, they do take them. Uh, it is uh, fascinating what happens in, in uh, this field. Yeah, it's fascinating. We want to be able to know what's going on in your body. And think about what this guy's talking about. Pfizer CEO Albert Borla. Think about what this guy's talking about. What he's talking about is the practical application of what a uh, globalist preacher, sata- sat- satanic Luciferian uh, priest, Noah Yuval Harari has talked about being able to take a chip and getting inside you and how surveillance is no longer external. It's got to be internal. They want to be able to control you. They want to be able to surveil you. They want to know what's going on inside your body. What, like, what, what happened? What's happening right now? Like as, as you're listening to this, right? The World Economic has, has met. The Great Reset has been decided. The decision has been made. They are moving forward with their great plan. 
this is as, as I've said before, time and time again, there shall be no humans in the technocracy, only transhumans. This is the beta Borg phase that we're entering into. You take that pill, they're going to have unfettered access to your biometric data. We started this show off talking about how there's technology out there that can read your friggin' mind connected to your phone. You take that pill. How does that pass through your system? We're not even talking about graphene oxide. How does that react to it? You've got to understand the, the sophistication of what we're of what we're talking about. Right. They didn't get what they wanted with COVID-19. Not enough people took the graphene oxide shot. Not enough people took the, 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 the gene therapy. They got to throw out 30 million doses. Well, what's another way to get you to take your medicine? What's another way to make you compliant? Let's roll out another virus. Therefore, you'll need another vaccine. And we're going to scare the bejeepers out of you with this one. And I'm not going to lie. I'm, I don't know if I'm ready to report uh, people bleeding from their faces, pus-filled fluid-like boils on people. I don't know if I'm ready for that. But I guess that that's, that's kind of where we're going. Uh, moving forward, look at this. Official government reports suggest authorities are using monkeypox to cover up the fact that the COVID-19 vaccines cause acquired immunodeficiency syndrome. Now, I put this in here because I think everybody gets that, but I'm kind of curious, and there's no way that we can read it all in its entirety, gross. No way we can read it all in its entirety, uh, how that would be the case, because we know that the vaccine destroys your immune system. How uh, How is monkeypox uh, tied to VAIDS? Let's read, let's read about it. Uh, this comes from the Daily Expose. They put this up May 25th. It says the new the new evolving hysteria surrounding the alleged emergence of monkeypox in Western nations is not what it appears to be. We are witnessing the monkeypox virus run rampant across first world countries for the first time ever. Instead, we are witnessing the latest attempt to advance draconian biosecurity policies through a monumental cover up of the devastating damage done to the immune systems of people who have the COVID-19 vaccine. Damage so severe that it can be likened to the acquired immunodeficiency syndrome, and we can prove it. Human monkeypox is a zoo, is a zoonosis thought to usually occur sporadically in the tropical rainforests of Western and Central Africa, but the exact incidence and geographical distribution are actually unknown because many cases are not recognized. The reason being is that it is commonly mistaken for chickenpox or, shing or shingles. According to a scientific study published in 1988, between 19, uh, 1981 and 1986, 977 persons with skin eruption, not clinically diagnosed as human monkeypox, were laboratory tested in Zaire, known as the Democratic Republic of Congo. The results were, were as follows. 3.3% uh, of human monkeypox cases were found among 730 patients diagnosed as cases of chickenpox. 7.3% among cases diagnosed as atypical chickenpox and 6.1% among cases with skin rash for which clinical diagnosis could not be established. The diagnostic difficulties were mainly based on the clinical features, characteristics of chickenpox, regional pleomorphism, ugh, indefinite body distribution of skin eruptions, and centripetal distrib distribution of skin lesions. Lymph node enlargements were observed in 76% of mixed diagnosed patients in the absence of smallpox, the main clinical diagnostic problem is the differentiation of human monkeypox from chickenpox. Can you spot the, the, the major differences between the following images? So the first image, audio listeners, you guys can't see this, uh, but the first image here is of chickenpox. 
kind of more more spread out, still gross. Uh, white material pus coming from it, it's gross. And the bottom part is monkeypox. There seems to be a lot more monkeypox. Just so gross. Um, let's let's see. It says human monkeypox was first identified in humans in 1970 in, in the Democratic Repo- Republic of the Congo in a nine-year-old boy. Since then, human cases of monkeypox have been reported in 11 African countries. It wasn't until 2003 that the first monkeypox outbreak outside of Africa was recorded, and this was the and this was in the United States. The main points to take away from this are the that the alleged monkeypox disease is extremely rare, has rarely been seen outside of Africa, and has never been recorded in multiple countries outside of Africa at the same time. So with that being the case, do you not find it strange that we are suddenly being told that cases of monkeypox are now being recorded in the U.S., Canada, the U.K., Australia, Sweden, the Netherlands, Belgium, France, Spain, Italy, and Germany all at the same time? especially when the World Health Organization has confirmed that there is zero evidence that the monkeypox virus has mutated. But if you don't find it strange, then the following maps showing the countries where the Pfizer COVID-19 injection has mainly been administered might change your mind. It looks like it's all those countries, Australia, Africa, North America, you know, yeah, it's all there. Uh, Because evidence suggests we're not witnessing an outbreak of monkeypox across first world countries at all. Instead, we're witnessing the consequences of the damage that has been caused to the immune systems by the COVID-19 injections in the very same time, or the very same first world countries, and authorities are rushing to cover it up. Herpes herpes simplex virus is a common cause of ulcerative skin disease in both immune-compromised and immune-competent individuals. Most individuals infected with HSV have either no symptoms or mild symptoms that go unnoticed. When symptoms do appear, they initially present with tingling and or redness, followed by the blister-like lesions that rapidly merge into open, weeping sores. The sores are often quite painful and can be accompanied by a fever and swollen lymph glands, just like monkeypox. In in immune-compromised people, as in those with acquired immunodeficiency syndrome, the frequency and symptoms of HSV outbreaks can sometimes be severe, spreading from the mouth to the genitals to deeper tissues in the lungs or brains. As such, HSV has been classified as a, quote, AIDS-defining conditions. If lasting longer than a month or presenting in the lungs, bronchi, or esophagus. Did you know that herpes is listed as an adverse event or of special interest by by Pfizer in relation to their COVID-19 injection? You could be forgiven for not knowing because it was only recently revealed in in the confidential Pfizer documents that the FDA was forced to publish in a court order in 2022. I'm going to go ahead and kind of finish there. And I think you guys get it. Here it is. I think here's a, some of the side effects, more of those eight pages. So they're saying in there, and, and we could read, we could read this extraordinarily lengthy article by the, the daily expose, but they're saying that monkeypox isn't what we're dealing with that we're actually dealing with with like basically like human pox, like chicken pox. Yeah, like chicken pox or shingles. Interesting. I wish I I wish I could give you a definite answer, but you know, I, I can't say I'm surprised. I'm not quite sure what to say about this. I mean, I think we already I, I think what they're also saying too is that the the lesions and things that are are being associated with monkeypox 
are actually a byproduct of people who are what they call uh, immunoincompetent or immunocompromised. That's interesting. Yeah, right here. Herpes simplex virus is a common cause of ulcerative skin disease in both immune compromised and immune competent individuals. Most individuals infected with HSV have either no symptoms or mild symptoms that go unnoticed. Interesting. Interesting and gross. Interesting and gross. But interesting. Official government reports suggest authorities are now using monkeypox to cover up the fact that the COVID-19 vaccines cause acquired immunodeficiency syndrome. And again, I would not be surprised if the people who had taken the vaccine, uh, again, having their immune system weakened, aren't that are, are that much more susceptible to catching COVID or catching whatever other diseases they begin to release on the population. Either way, it's not looking good for any of us. Any of us at all. And let me go ahead and pull up this final clip for you guys. This is of uh, CNN finally admitting that the mRNA jabs destroy immunity. I've been reported over there at the American Journal. Uh, let's take a listen. Number one, um, and our immune response, remember, is not just about antibodies. It's about that T cell response also, which is, you can't really measure as well as just a pure antibody level. And it's about whether or not they're blocking or neutralizing antibodies to the variant that we're seeing. So uh, headlines, they shouldn't be surprised. Yes, of course, you're going to get a, a surge in your antibody levels, but how long that lasts is the issue. And it's certainly not just about more boosting for everyone. People who have high antibody levels, there's the potential. I want to underscore the potential. We haven't seen any evidence of this, um, of this immune phenomenon known as tolerance, where if you already have high antibody levels and you get another booster, that your immune system can start to say, well, what, what am I needing? for and kind of start to shut down wow. so you need to defend your civilization against the onslaught of this cancer of progressivism liberalism and globalist brainwashing this is a life or death situation no messing around the prescription is two doses of info wars taken daily <laughs> come on from it yeah yeah fire extinguisher then it's a this is becoming a little bit too much to still like to kind of pretend like this isn't happening. We've heard from the WHO and from Bill Gates recently, oh, we're just going to have to booster forever. It's just oh, going to have to constantly get boosters every couple months for the rest of your life. Sorry. Uh, but this is running up against, you know, the reality of the situation, which is that the more boosters you get, the more your natural immune system is utterly and totally destroyed, resulting in what we like to call VADES, vaccine-induced AIDS, essentially, an immune deficiency syndrome. And know what you're thinking. For months, we've been called wild-eyed, tinfoil hat-wearing conspiracy theorists for putting this out and for talking about this, which is strange because now this reality has arrived on one of the most milk toast and, you know, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, just like typical, normal, uncontroversial shows ever. Good Morning America. Here's Good Morning America. America, discover the reality about vaccines. Dr. Ashton here. We were trying to get a handle on, yes, uh, you got some new 
data on boosters. There's a yeah. new published study out in Lancet, uh, the journal Lancet Infectious Disease, about the fourth dose and what happens to our antibody levels. It is not a surprise that they've released new data confirming that after the fourth dose of Pfizer or Moderna, that antibody levels rise significantly. They surge uh, in the weeks after that we've known that for a while but here are the caveats we don't know how long that lasts number one um, and our immune response remember is not just about antibodies it's about that t-cell response also which is, you can't really measure as well as just a pure antibody level and it's about whether or not they're blocking or neutralizing antibodies to the variant that we're seeing so uh, when people hear these headlines they shouldn't be surprised. Yes, of course, you're going to get a, a surge in your antibody levels, but how long that lasts is the issue. And it's certainly not just about more boosting for everyone. People who have high antibody levels, there's the potential. I want to underscore the potential. We haven't seen any evidence of this, um, of this immune phenomenon known as tolerance, where if you already have high antibody levels and you get another booster, that your immune system can start to say, well, what, what am I needed for and can kind of start to shut down. Wow. So um, we, if you're in that category, people who the FDA and CDC is recommending to get a booster, 50 and over, 65 and over with a, with a chronic medical condition, yes, by all means, but everyone else don't think that more boosting is the answer. We don't know that that's the case yet. All right, that's very important information. We appreciate it. Thank you very much, you Dr. Jen. Well, hey there, GMA fans. Yeah, Robert. yeah important information. Oh, that's that's kind of good to know. <laughs> it's uh, those people were just told that the boosters that they've been pushing on the American people actually convince the immune systems of those who receive it to shut down. And they're just like, oh, interesting. Moving on. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's a little concerning, isn't it? You want to really think about that for a minute? No? Okay. All right. That's fine. All right. I'm going to be joined by Lauren Witzke in the next segment. She'll be with us uh, for the hour. I do want to right now. There's only three days left to get your combo pack of the super ultra amazing b12 supplement as well as survival shield x2 when you combine those you get 40 percent off and they really do maximize each other's effect all right we've had people call in about how uh, all right there it is there, there it is thanks harrison i appreciate it from there i think we can take it from there but i mean the truth had to come out the truth had to come out that you know these people i mean we we've been saying it for the better part of almost like two years that the vaccine destroys your immune system. We've learned it, we've, 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 we've covered it time and time again, but the sad part is, is with everything that's going on, they're not gonna pay attention, they're not gonna know. They're not, and they're not gonna believe it. Even though it was the very same people that was deceiving them for years, they're not gonna believe it. But that it doesn't, at a certain level, it doesn't even matter. That's, that's how crazy everything has gotten, is that it's coming out, even though we are being vindicated, at a certain level, it doesn't matter. We're dealing with, monkeypox, Ebola-like hemorrhagic fever virus, inflation, war, all of these other things. Like, it, it sounds crazy, but COVID is like tame compared to everything that's on the horizon right now. That's how destabilized everything is. I mean, I literally played for you guys a video clip of a nine-year-old girl playing tag and then hearing like gunfire in Silicon Valley, no less. And it's, it's wild. We're talking about uh, ingesting chips 
ingesting pills that, that send signals. We're talking about graphene oxide. We're talking about people's immune systems being shattered, gene therapy, and so much other crazy stuff. This is the dystopia. This is the new world order. This is 2022. Things are going to get progressively crazier from here on out. That's what I'm saying. We're having a watch on whether or not uh, is it monkey is it monkeypox is it chickenpox or is it the Ebola-like hemorrhagic? That's what's booming over there in China. That's why everybody's all locked down over there, not because of monkeypox, but because of an Ebola-like hemorrhagic fever virus. So as we come to the end, right? As we come to the end of COVID nineteen, they've wrapped it up. They've 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 already started to launch their 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 pandemic world treaty, so they can so they can usurp our rights. That's what they're doing right now. They're doing it like literally as you're as you're listening. By next week, when we when we will be done, they're doing this. They're preparing a whole nother pandemic. So war, inflation, uh, planned riots, and more are on our horizon. This is globalism unveiling itself, and we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be getting into this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. The letter from Albert Pike regarding the Illuminati plan for three world wars is largely considered a hoax due to the use of the word Nazism in a letter dated 1871. But it is interesting to note the desired outcome of this alleged plan. According to the letter, the Third War officially started on 9-11 and was intended to leave the people in a state of complete physical, moral, spiritual, and economic exhaustion. They will then use nihilists, atheists, and revolutionaries to create a cataclysm of social turmoil. And they will do this in order to force the people into exterminating the destroyers of civilization. According to this letter, this bloodbath would result in the destruction of both Christianity and atheism and lead to the pure doctrine of Lucifer as the new world religion. And it does appear as if this is happening now as if the powers that be are pushing the people into a desperate corner, as if their main goal is to create mass chaos and violence. But they've been doing this all by decree because they have no authority over God or the U.S. Constitution. And so they'd be thrilled if we burn it all down for them, proving we are inferior savages in need of governance. They thought they'd have that on January 6th, but the people were there for peace, love, and justice, not a revolution. We don't need one. We already have our Declaration of Independence. But without justice, the death cult remains free and continues on its path to kill us all. They are going to shut us down again, but this time the United Nations will be in charge. Our government is giving them that authority at the end of this month just in time for the next international health crisis. And with the leaked Supreme Court memo on Roe v. Wade, they can launch endless organized riots on us while we remain locked in our homes. Round two is coming, and this time with food shortages and the crashing dollar. 
But it doesn't have to be like this. Their authority is the biggest PSYOP ever. You are not their slave unless you choose to be. They are convincing you to do this to yourself. When they demanded that everyone wear a mask in 2020, the majority of us could have said no, demanded justice, and the true renaissance would have then begun. The 2020 lockdown was a beta test to gauge how compliant the population was, and we failed. But we will soon have another chance, and 2020 was also a wake-up call for millions of Americans, and millions worldwide, who previously had no idea how corrupt our governments had become. So now we are many, and we must all prepare for the next lockdown. And we must remember that we are not savages, sheep, or slaves. We are human beings with free will. And as lawful Americans, it is our responsibility to apprehend these traitors, exact justice, and restore the Republic. But first, we must simply say no. Say no to the masks. Say no to sheltering in place. Say no to vaccine passports. Say no to shutting down your business or your church. And if the police come to shut you down, make them commit treason. The law of the land is already in the hands of the people. All we have to do is wake up and take it back together. Peace, love, and justice is ours, if we want it. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. young generation like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, half of this government, are actually young noble leaders of the world. Right. We penetrate the cabinets. The change is not just happening. The change can be shaped by us. We have to prepare for a more angry world. How to prepare? Take the necessary action to create a fairer world. I see the need for a great reset. So people assume we are just going back to the good old world which we had and everything will be normal again. This is, uh, let's say, fiction. It will not happen. There is only one way this pandemic is going to go. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. The next crisis is already waiting for us around the corner and it is the climate crisis.
Yeah. All right. All right. Salutations and welcome back to the third segment. I'm your host, Noisera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer. This is Unveiling Globalism. You know, what, what, what's crazy is we look at Joe Biden and we know this man's an incompetent. We know he's a show. We know he's a puppet. We know he's a joke. And then we look at people like Klaus Schwab, completely different caliber of evil, right? Joe Biden's nothing but a crook. He ain't nothing but a scumbag and his son's over there, nothing but a cokehead and a crackhead. But people like Tedros Gabrasius, uh, Tedros Gabrasius, uh, or Tedros Adhanom Gabrasius, and people, people like Antonio Gutierrez, completely different caliber of evil that we're dealing with. Joe Biden, he's a crook. Like you, it, it, I think the easiest way for me to describe it is there's like, there's levels to evil, you know? There's levels to evil. There's like a crook, there's a con man, there's a thief. Then there's like a villain, right? There's somebody that consciously chooses to be evil. And then you have like a super villain, right? Somebody like the Joker who like does not care, will commit genocide just to laugh about it. And then you have people who are even above the Joker, right? You've got people like Thanos and all of these other like God level villains. There is, there are level, there's for sure like a hierarchy of evil. You understand? So when we look at Joe Biden, we realize this guy's not anything to worry about. But then when we look at Klaus Schwab, when we look at Noah Yuval Harari, when, when we look at some of these new cats that are coming through, we know we're dealing with a whole new class of evil. And I think that that really has to crystallize in people's heads. You understand? That's gotta, that's, that, that really has to sink in. That we are not dealing, we're not dealing just with like our crooked politicians and our crooked, and our crooked cops. Like we're dealing with evil. We're dealing with people who have consciously chosen that button and say, you know what? I want to sacrifice humanity for my own personal gain. That's for sure what we're dealing with. They are, they don't, they listen, they don't see you as a person. They don't see you as like a, as somebody that could have a kid and have a great life that you could start a business and influence your community. You're going to hear Klaus Schwab say, we are, we are stakeholders of a larger community. We're, we're dealing again the same way Kevin Spacey, you know, arch level, super apex predator being like a, a pervert, bro. I'm, I'm saying we're dealing with a completely different caliber and class of adversaries. And the same way that I'm telling you, you have got you. You cannot let evil have a foothold. You have to identify what what is what is being put down right now. You understand? I shouldn't just be coming up over here saying, hey, look at Epstein's baby making farm out ranch out here in New Mexico. That just desensitizes and Jeffrey Epstein did. We should not be normalizing the evil that these people are trying to perpet- per- trying to uh, trying to exact on us. You understand? Like things are getting really crazy, and 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 at a certain level, that's 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 that, that I feel like why I have to stop the show, why I I can't keep coming up here week after week saying, <laughs> guess what? It's getting worse. <laughs> Look at this evil. <laughs> that's not normal. I can't keep doing shit like this because it's, this is it's not normal. You understand? Like I said, I look at I look at Joe Biden. I realize that guy's nothing but a crook. You know, he'll he'll sell he'll sell his grandmother for a steak. <laughs> Not even he'll sell he'll sell his grandmother for a fry. Not even multiple French fries, a single fry. 
That guy's a crook. They're a dime a dozen. But there is not a dime a dozen of, 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 of Klaus Schwab. There is not a dime a dozen of Noah Yuval Harari. There is not a dime a dozen of, of, of Pfizer CEO Albert Borla. These people were put in those positions because they were willing to and sacrifice others for their own personal gain. And again, it's not even those people that we have to look out for. It's who they represent. So we are dealing with a completely different caliber and class of adversary and evil. And I really think that needs to start setting in in people's heads. And so evil doesn't come to you screaming, you know, carrot, fire coming out of its mouth, you know, wielding double bladed axes and you know, having devil wings like that. It doesn't it doesn't come at you like that. Evil's coming at you with a nice suit and a tie. Got a looking all clean cut, got the hair did. Not wearing any jewelry. Evil comes to you the way you the, the way you would never expect. Comes at you like it's your friend. Right. It's your buddy. It's your guy. It's your pal, Satan. You know, I'm over. I got a Netflix show. I'm Lucifer. Come hang out with me. You want to go to the club? Evil acts. And what we're going to be going over in this segment is how evil is positioning itself as if it is our caretaker, positioning itself as if it is our 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 beneficiary, as if it is our advocate, as if it wants to see us prosper. And that's when you should be, that's when all alarm bells should be screaming in your head. These are not your buddies. These are not your pals. These are not your friends. This ain't your guy over here. You need to watch out for these type of people. So start getting into this, into this segment and just, again, lay out the master level evil that we're, that we're, that we're going up against, man. Uh, look at this. Build blackouts better. Half of America faces black power blackouts this summer, regulators warn. An article from Zero Hedge they put up May 20th. It says tens of millions of Americans could be thrown into a summer of hell as a mega drought, heat waves, and widespread rolling electricity blackouts from the Great Lakes to the West Coast, according to Bloomberg, citing a new report from the North American Electric Reliability Corporation, a regulatory body that manages grid stability. NERC warned power supplies in the western U.S. could be could be strained this summer as a historic drought reduces hydroelectric power generation due to failing reservoir levels and what's expected to be an unseasonably hot summer. Compound the hellacious weather backdrop with grids decommissioning fossil fuel power plants to fight climate change and their inability to bring on new greenhouse power generation, such as solar, wind, and batteries, in time is a perfect storm waiting to happen that will produce electricity deficits that may force power companies into rolling blackouts for stability purposes. And then right here, it has it broken up as the Quebec interconnection, the Eastern interconnection, the Texas interconnection, and the Western interconnection, as well as the Alaska interconnection. I am in the Western interconnection with New Mexico. So if California is experiencing power outages, so are we. It says that the regular bo- regulatory body pointed out that the supply chain woes are delaying major Southwest solar projects, while some coal plants have trouble procuring supplies because of increased exports. They said there's also an increasing threat of cyber attacks from Russia. Sure. By region, it will be extremely tight. Across the Western U.S., power generation capacity has declined 2.3% since last summer, even as demand is expected to increase. Grids in the region have may have to source power from neighboring grids 
as extreme heat will cause people to crank up their air conditions. A situation of low wind speeds could trigger blackouts, according to NERC. May outlined how the Midwest could face power shortfalls due to the removal of power capacity from retiring fossil fuel plants. I think you guys can build blackouts better. And don't worry, we are not alone. The UK is bracing for internet, quote, blackouts due to a coming, quote, wave of bankruptcies. Internet blackouts as a result of, quote, a wave of bankruptcies and broadband networks could be on their way. British Daily Newspaper, The Telegraph, noted this week that similar or that certain smaller broadband suppliers are, quote, being pushed to the brink and the effect and the effects of the inflation could eventually leave homes connectivity. So you're just being deindustrialized. That's all that is. Blackouts, no Internet. It's for your own good, though. It's for your own good. We're transitioning. We're transitioning to a more cleaner and sustainable future. So no, you won't get all those cool things that you're used to. No, you won't get to hang out with your buddies. What will you do? What will we do? Right? What are we going to do? What is society going to look like? This is, again, the deindustrialization. This is a part of the Great Reset. This sprawling, massive infrastructure that the Western world and the first world has created. They're just deciding to turn the power off, consolidate even more wealth, and let us live in the hellscape and the remnants of a once great civilization. What is that going to look like? Check this out. Let me play force to May Californians may face mandatory statewide water restrictions as Newsom grows impatient. And we had played this in last week's podcast episode, uh, water cops, essentially leftists or eco-extremists, people who were down with the green agenda and Agenda 2030 for sustainable development, down to tell you what not to use, whether or not you're leaving a fierce greenhouse gas uh, footprint or emissions, or if you're giving off a whole lot of emissions or what your carbon footprint is. Remember, earlier this month, with everything that's going on, Attorney General Merrick Garland thought it was a great idea to launch the OEJ, the Office of Environmental Justice. And so as we're dealing with monkeypox, as we're dealing with Ebola-like hemorrhagic fever virus, they are already setting us up for climate lockdowns and so much more. Let's listen. Hi, ladies. It is no secret that our entire state drought. So Governor Newsom is just asking all Californians to be more thoughtful and to make every drop count. Take a look at these pictures from Newsom's meeting today. He is asking water agencies to step up their efforts to reduce water use and better engage their customers to make sure they're doing their part to save water as well. He wants the agencies to submit water use data more frequently and increase transparency meeting its conservation goals. Newsom also warned if there isn't a significant reduction in water use this summer, then the state could be forced to enact mandatory restrictions. He did recognize how Californians made significant changes after the last drought, but that there has been an uptick in water use since. Not helping the matter, January through March were the driest first three months in the state's recorded history, and California's largest reservoirs are currently at half of their historical averages. 
So here's what all Californians are being asked to do in order to avoid a crisis. Limit your outdoor watering. Cutting back by just one day a week can save you 20% more water. Take shorter showers. If you can do it in five minutes, you'll save 12.5 gallons per shower. Avoid taking baths as those use 2.5 times more water than a shower. Use a broom instead of a hose to clean your outdoor areas and try to only do laundry when you have a full load. Newsom says he is going to meet with the agencies that he met with today again in two months and he wants to check how they're doing with their uh, their status on what he's asking them to do so we will of course pass along the results to you reporting live in hollywood i'm courtney Friel, ktla 5 news thanks courtney thanks there you have it mandatory water shortages are coming and you are part of the problem. Check this out. The Great Reset. The United Nations joins the World Economic Forum to ban oil, gas, and coal use. An article by Sean Adetalami of News Punch. They put this up May 19th. It says UN Chief Antonio Gutierrez on Wednesday has vowed to ban all oil, gas, and coal use on a global scale as part of a self-described global climate Marshall Plan. Marshall Plan. Marshall Plan, Marshall Law. We are Marshall. And, and, and remember, I think it was Prince Charles or Prince Andrew, one of the royal wingnuts that talked about this, saying that they need to marshal all the worldwide resources and have like a military operation of basically ex- executing this, this Green New Deal, the Agenda 2030. That's what this is. The United Nations is joining the World Economic Forum to ban oil, gas, and coal. So they're saying no more. No more oil, no more gas, no more coal. So the same thing that Joe Biden said he was going to do whenever he had debated President Donald Trump, he said, I'm going to ban oil. Donald Trump said, what? They're deciding to do it on the world scale. Let's read a little bit more. I wonder if there's a clip. Oh, no. Looks like there's 10 tenants. This is just Agenda 2030 being deployed on the people. This is them just saying, hey, here this." This is Agenda 2030, Agenda 21, setting the stage for Agenda 2050. Uh, this is this is this is the Georgia Guidestones. This is what these people want. Again, where they try to come off as altruistic uh, authoritarians. We care about you. We're stopping all of this for the betterment of society, for the betterment of the world. It says to avoid a quote climate emergency. Humanity must, quote, end fossil fuel pollution and accelerate the renewable energy transition before we incinerate our only home, Gutierrez said. Breitbart.com reports that renewable technology should be treated as freely available, quote, public global, quote, global public goods, unconstrained by intellectual property, he added. The U.N. Secretary General also called for an end to approximately half a trillion dollars in fossil fuel subsidies, roughly two-thirds of which goes to consumers and the rest directly to the industry as part of the drive to change consumer habits. Quote, every minute of every day, coal, coal, oil, and gas receive roughly 11 million in subsidies, Gutierrez said. Quote, while people suffer from high prices at the pump, the oil and gas industry is raking in billions from a distorted market, he added. Quote, this scandal must stop. For its part, the World Economic Forum has published a 10-point plan provided by the International Energy Agency, the IEA, as a way to end oil dependence as part of its self-declared Great Reset. It is one. It is just one further step 
been addressing what the World Economic Forum has already taken to calling a, quote, existential threat to the planet. The plan includes everything from, quote, car-free Sundays to, quote, avoiding air travel in its advice as seen below. And as you guys saw with California, some of the advice that they gave is that you wash a full load of laundry, that you take less frequent baths and things like this. This is all just advice. You know, it's all just advice. But if they'll back it up with the barrel of a gun. Uh, let's let's just read through the 10. We don't have to read them in their details. Let's just read them and then we'll move on. Uh, they want to reduce the speed limits on the highways to be at least 10 kilometers per hour. Uh, they want to work from home up to three days a week where possible. Car-free Sundays in cities. They want to reduce public transport prices and incentivize walking and cycling. They want to alternate access to roads in larger cities. Increase car sharing and adopt practices to reduce fuel use. Gross. Uh, promote efficient driving for freight trucks and good deliveries. You can. You, uh, we will see Elon Musk roll out Tesla trucks for this right here. You can bet you. Uh, using trains instead of planes where possible. Again, deindustrialization. You're not allowed to travel. Avoid air business. Avoid business air travel where alternative options exist. And increase the adoption of electric and other more efficient vehicles. You know, we have a clip that we'll be playing for you guys later on where they're at uh, Davos right now. They're at the World Economic Forum talking about these things. And one of their shills says, hey, who's doing this? Right. Like who's who has an electric car here? And they pan to the audience and like three or four people raise their hands. So it's just hypocrisy. You know, these things. But these are the rules for thee, not for me. Right. These guys are still going to fly. They're still going to have their private jets. They're still going to do all the stuff they do. You just won't do that. And this is this is how it works. This is how they position themselves to seem as if they are altruistic, caring people. Well, at the same time, lecturing you about your bad behavior, creating a complex in you like you're some kind of bad human because you want to have a fast car and you love girls in bikinis and things like this what? and more. But again, just getting you used to deindustrialization. Look at this. Uh, UN, head, UN food head warns conditions are, quote, worse than the Arab Spring as inflation riots spread. Well, I'm here in Davos, and as you can imagine, we're facing a food security global crisis. And what better place to be with world leaders from the government sector as well as the private sector, the major corporations, some of the wealthiest of the wealthy, who, as, as I'm telling them, the crisis is here, and we can't solve it without your engagement. From the billionaires uh, to the private sector to the government, we've got to come together to end this crisis. Otherwise, millions of people are going to die in famine. There'll be destabilization and mass migration. But together, we can get it done. And so at Davos, let's get it done. Let's hope so. Uh, you know, that's that's a whole lot of talk from somebody that's <laughs> that's a whole lot of talk. Uh, that was David Beasley that you guys just heard right there. And that was him speaking at uh, the World Economic Forum. And as you've heard us talk about on the show time and time again, as you lock down the first world, the third world dies. And the ones that don't die try to try to find a place to live. And so the first world is being brought to a second world. Hell, we're, we we would be lucky if we got brought to a second world status with all the third world migration that's taking place. And he's right, Mr. Beasley. He's correct. 
Uh, because again, you shut the first world down. We have that luxury. That's why you heard me say during the pandemic, COVID is a rich person's disease. We can't just shut things down and not expect repercussions. Well, now we're expecting those repercussions. We can see this. Supply chain shortages, disruption, immigration, inflation, so much more. And so, yeah, no, like I just played for you guys just last week, the Sri Lankan food rides are just the beginning. I am legitimately expecting food rides to be here in September because of because of what is what is already unfolding. Right. Make no mistake about it. That's what's happening uh, in what is being de deemed as a, quote, seismic event. Expert warns that the, that the U.N. has only 10 weeks supply of wheat. We don't need to read this in its entirety, but let's just get a little bit of the re on this on the on the record. This comes from End Times Headlines. They put this up May 22nd. It says that global food insecurity has reached levels not seen since the financial crisis of 2008. And it's only going to get worse without aggressive intervention. A food security, a food insecurity expert told the United Nations Security Council this council this week. Russia's invasion of Ukraine, quote, did not start a food security crisis, but it did add, quote, fuel to a fire that was long burning, said Sarah Menker, CEO of Grow Intelligence, a global company that uses artificial intelligence and public and private data to predict food supply trends. Quote, this isn't cyclical. This is seismic, Minker said during a special meeting at the UN Security Council. Quote, even if the war to end tomorrow, our food security problem isn't going away anytime soon without concerted action. Before the Russia-Ukraine conflict began, the two countries supplied a combined one-third of the world's wheat exports and were in the top five exporters of corn. Coupled with the widespread fertilizer shortages, supply chain issues, and record droughts, the world has about 10 weeks' worth of wheat on hand, Minker said. Quote, without aggressive global actions, we stand the risk of an extraordinary amount of human suffering and economic damage, Minker said. Russia claims the 10,000-plus sanctions the country is facing for its aggression towards Ukraine have disrupted routes, impeded Russian vessels from delivering goods, and restricted commercial transactions because of banking difficulties. U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said those claims are false. Quote, the decision to weaponize food is Moscow's and Moscow's alone, Blinken said. Quote, sanctions aren't blocking black seaports, trapping ships filled with food, and destroying Ukrainian roads and railways. Russia sanctions are not emptying Russian, not emptying Ukrainian grain silos and stealing Ukrainian farm equipment. Russia is. Blinken said sanctions imposed by the U.S. and many others are, aren't preventing and fertilizers because they exempt exports of food, fertilizers, and seed. Quote, and we're working with countries every day to ensure that they understand the sanctions do not prevent the flow of these items. Ten weeks worth of, of, of wheat, huh? I need more food. This is the part where I have to say, you better, you better be getting storable goods. You better be getting prepared. You better not need me to come up here and say, hey, Get storable goods. Use my Patriot Supply. Support us. It's a 360 win. You better not be waiting for me to get prepared when you see stuff like this. You better not be waiting for me to tell you to get prepared whenever you hear about food processing plants being shut down. I mean, heck, don't you worry. We're going to be talking about baby flu formula shortages here. We got clips for you. You better not be waiting to get prepared. And if you wait and then you suffer, Shame on you, because you've had more than enough time to prepare. You have had more than enough to prepare.
And so if you suffer, that's on you. Where I'm from, we call that a self-inflicted wound. <laughs> Quote, we're in a crisis. American farmer warns of impending food shortages. John Boyd Jr., fourth generation farmer, president of the National Black Farmers Association with us uh, from Virginia. Good to see you, sir. I appreciate it. Um, how close are we to major dislocations in America's food supply? Uh, we're, we're, we're in a crisis right now in America as far as the food chain goes and what's going on with the American farmer in this country. Uh, as you just spoke about uh, the wetlands up in uh, uh, Illinois and the surrounding states that haven't been able to get a plow and a plant in the field, we're going to lose a lot of uh, production there. The war and Ukraine and, and uh, what's going on with Russia, we're taking out pretty much a whole region of the world that's not going to be able to produce corn, wheat, and soybeans. We're going to see a lot of empty shelves and a lot more higher prices. Uh, for those people who haven't been to the grocery store lately, uh, the prices are already rising, and they're going to continue to go up. Uh, for the first time in, in my 39-year career as a farmer, I'm paying $5.63 for a gallon of diesel fuel, $900 a ton for fertilizer, all-time high prices for soybean seeds. And uh, we just this, this is a time where America needs to pay attention to what's going on to farmers because, uh, you know, you may, you may not need a, a doctor or, or a lawyer or something like that, but you need a farmer every day. When uh, I finish, I'm eating dinner somewhere. So yeah. we need food. And this, I want to say this because I think it's very important. Farming isn't Republican. It isn't Democratic. It isn't independent. It's food. Land is neutral. My grandfather said that land knows no color. Uh, doesn't know any party. If we do what we need to do, we can produce the food. So this is the time where the American people need to get behind and support uh, the American farmer and put pressure on the administration to put things in place to help the farmers right now. Yeah, no, I, I was just gonna, I was just gonna ask this because the baby formula shortage, uh, the administration seems so surprised by. It. They say, oh no, nobody saw this coming, and then they said, oh, but we've been working on it for months, and then yesterday they just held a meeting uh, about it. You're ringing the alarm bells right now about what's going to happen come uh, late summer, fall, uh, and then into next winter. What do you need from the administration that they're not giving you uh, to, to do whatever you can to keep all of us fed? Right now, farmers need farm operating capital. We need emergency funding. I reached out to the OCC, uh, head of the OCC, to bring our top 10 banks uh, to the table to see what they can do to put some emergency funding in the hands of our farmers so that we can plan our crops. These high costs of expenditures are not in our budget, people. We didn't know we were going to be paying $6 for diesel fuel and $900 for, for a ton of uh, fertilizer. So we need help, and we need it now. And uh, we only have a short window of opportunity. Uh, we can't come back in July and say, oh, since we found a little bit of money, we're going to start. Hey, hard, to put, hard to put crops from corn in July. Uh, the president, uh, in his, uh, his proposal, promises to eliminate the, the baby formula shortage. He said he's going to cut through all this red tape. Uh, yes. Is there red tape that farmers are, are up against right now, especially the small independent guys, uh, that the Absolutely. administration could eliminate? Like what? Absolutely. Right now, we uh, as African-American farmers in this country, 
we have $5 billion that's being held up in federal aid uh, and debt relief to uh, farmers and farmers of color that we really could use right now. Yeah. Uh, uh, last year at the White House that he would sit down with me to talk about a strategic action to put something in place to help these needy farmers right now. That meeting hasn't happened. Uh, so I'm on your show tonight to saying uh, for anybody from the administration, my phone number is the same and I'm waiting to have that meeting and we need to have it now. All and right. we, we have to make sure that these farmers have access to credit. So when that ground dries out, we, we can't be scrambling looking for uh, monies to pay for the seed bill, the fertilizer dealer. I, I hear you, John. I only got about 30 seconds, but I just wanted to get to this. Uh, corn's up 9%, soybeans up 66% this year. We up 22.7%. Uh, Obviously, you, you talk about how the American people are also paying the price for this. What's the worst case scenario? Is it a baby formula shortage for everything from uh, cereal to ice cream? Yes. And you're going to see a lot of shortages in all those commodities that you on wow. the screen from Kellogg's corn flakes. Uh, corn is used to make those uh, uh, things. Yeah. The local bread, wheat is used to make uh, those things. And all of the uh, other additives that we use in other parts of portions of the food and the major three commodities that American farmers still grow better than anyone, corn, wheat, and soybeans. Uh, right. So we have to make sure that we get those acres in the ground uh, right. so that we won't have empty shelves in the, in the coming months. Hey, John, um, we appreciate here and so blunt and honest it's um, sometimes hard to hear these things but we need to hear uh the warnings we appreciate it um love to hear the love her hear the lessons your father taught you and uh, we'll be back all right all right yeah news news people really give me this the skis man they really do uh but you know l let me say this before i move on to my next clip let me say this because i think this is a big uh, uh, i was i was i was trying to explain this to somebody how america hard times for quite some quite some quite a good minute dude like i i don't know man like i don't want to say i'm poor i don't want to say like um clearly low income i don't want to what i'm trying to say is i didn't expect half this i'm very grateful for everything i have I don't have like a whole bunch of all the gizmos and the gadgets and everything that everybody's all excited about even though you're listening to this 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 episode computer i'm a very simple person america has not experienced hardships like people have not made had to make a dollar stretch people have not had to meal meal planning that's 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 even something silly to me man and i'm saying that because we have been very prosperous we've been very blessed we've been very uh abundant in all that we've had and i come from i come from the swamps i won't lie to you i come from 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 very simple country Things. And I don't, I'm, I try to make sure that my reach does not extend or my, 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 my grasp does not extend my reach. And what I'm, what I'm trying to like explain in a kind way is people really got to wake up to what the hell is going on. Like I'm, I'm dead serious when I'm telling you that the world that you grew up in is not going to be there when you get older and it's not going to be there for your kids. You need to start fighting right now. People are still in this this lull of normalcy bias of, of 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 going to the games, going to the movies, acting like the past two years didn't happen and it doesn't have repercussions, and acting like things are not falling apart day by day. And that's what I'm saying. We're in this trance. We're in this like lull, this like weird phase where everything that is happening, we're acting like it's not happening to us. 
And I think that might be like a uniquely American experience because we have been so blessed to not experience, again, hardship of all the other things that are going on in the world. You understand? And that time is quickly ending. I, I, I quickly, quickly ending. Like we are really about to head into some hard times. And as I said before, the times make the man or the man makes the times. We're about to go into some hard times. And as I ter- as as we covered earlier, people in the in the Navy, they're having mental health crises. They're committing suicide. Things are going to get harder from there on, though. You understand? Like we're like, this is the good time. The same way we look back at last year, two years as the good time because we weren't facing war, inflation, all this other shit. People really like have to get prepared, like emotionally, spiritually, financially speaking. I don't even care at a certain level because that's going out the window. They're going to they're going to force adopt us into this new system. Right. And they're going to create a whole series of hoops and checks and balances that we're going to have to jump through. But that's 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 not even it. The hardship when they shut the power off, when they cut cut back on the EBT stamp cards and all this stuff. Like the unrest, that's going to be something crazy, and I don't, I really don't think people are ready for it. So you know, let me let me just kind of, I'll play this quick clip by by Greg Reese about how their city mayor is directly working with the UN as the U.S. government surrenders authority to the World Health Organization, and then we'll get back into the deindustrialization that's taking place. Again, this is all globalism in action. This is all the globalization that's taking place. Uh, but let's let's listen. Next week in Geneva, Switzerland, members of the World Health Organization, which was founded on the principles of establishing a one world government, will be voting to give themselves worldwide authority when it comes to official international health emergencies. The same World Health Organization who praised communist China's extreme authoritarian lockdown against the Chinese people who suggested forcibly separating families to quarantine them. In most parts of the world, due to lockdown, most of the transmission that's actually happening in many countries now is happening in the household at family level. In some senses, transmission has been taken off the streets and pushed back into family units. Now we need to go and find those people who may be sick and remove them and isolate them in a, in a safe and dignified manner. And who was caught faking the H1N1 pandemic in 2010. The same World Health Organization run by Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, who's been working with the Clinton Foundation and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation since 2007, who said that the lockdowns will never end. I repeat, there will be for the foreseeable future. And that the war in Ukraine was getting massive attention as a result of bias against black lives. The U.S. government is in full support of this new U.N. treaty with the WHO and has submitted 13 amendments, which will be voted on next week, that will give the WHO international authority on lockdowns, forced quarantines, and forced vaccinations. According to Constitution, None of this is legally binding until a treaty is approved by the U.S. Senate. But the law hasn't been stopping these criminals from committing crimes against humanity so far. And if they plan on staying in power, they are going to have to bring back the lockdowns and the ballot harvesting mules. 
so we know it's coming and it will soon be climate lockdowns to go with their climate migration people are waking up but the un's agenda pressing forward the united nations is meeting this week with members of the mayor's migration council which is comprised of nine mayors from nine different cities throughout the world including eric garcetti of los angeles california the mayor's migration council is funded by george soros's open society foundations sponsored by the rockefeller foundation and partnered with the united nations and their stated goal is pretty clear the ability to bypass state and federal government when it comes to what they call climate migration and go straight to international organizations for resources. They are inviting all interested mayors or senior city staff members to contact them at contact at mayorsmigrationcouncil.org to learn how to engage with the international system and learn how to get funding and boots on the ground support. This all sounds completely illegal, but who's gonna stop them? There is no longer any justice in America. So expect more lockdowns as the food supply diminishes and the population around you surges with hungry foreign migrants. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah, but see, when you talk about it, you're a racist. You don't want hungry foreign migrants coming for your empty shelves. How dare you? Speaking of empty shelves, Biden seizes control of domestic food materials using Korean War emergency, war era emergency powers. An article by Mike Adams of Health Ranger Network over there, Brighton. But it looks like the folks over there. And can you imagine that the Biden administration in control of food production? Let's see. Let's see. To me, what they put in those products, there's a ton of profit in that stuff. Yeah, let me let me read a little bit of this, and then we'll we'll uh, we'll let Mike Adams do his his job. Uh, like I said, they put this up May twentieth over there at DC Clothesline. It says today's situation update podcast is one of the most important of this year. So the domestic food supply is being militarized and controlled by a corrupt criminal regime in Washington, D.C. that now threatens food security for all Americans. To address the infant formula shortage that's causing widespread frustration and even panic across America, the illegitimate Biden regime has invoked Korean War era emergency powers found in the Defense Production Act, which is administered by FEMA. That act originally intended to allow emergency executive action to shore up critical infrastructure during time is now being used by the Biden regime to seize control over food supply, raw materials, and force companies to deliver them to Abbott Laboratories to manufacture large quantities of heavily processed junk food, quote, infant formula made with corn syrup solids and processed milk proteins. Because this effort simply re redirects existing food materials, this does not actually solve any food shortages in America. It merely shifts the shortages from one product category to another. Let's listen. There would be plenty of companies that would love to make hundreds of millions of dollars a year providing infant formula. So why isn't that need being filled? Oh, because the FDA protects what is essentially a infant formula cartel. 
which consists of Abbott Laboratories and uh, two or three other companies, while the FDA bans the importation of infant formula from other countries, saying that, well, they don't meet safety standards. And yet, Abbott Laboratories doesn't meet safety standards, but suddenly it's a national emergency. It's a wartime emergency, Defense Production Act, FEMA, to allow Abbott Laboratories to produce food for infants while the FDA claims that overseas producers are unsafe. Are you kidding me? There are overseas producers that are, are very safe. I mean, not all of them. You, you would have to have some discernment. But this has been a monopoly system or a cartel system for a long time, a, an infant formula cartel that is protected by the FDA using anti-free market practices. So they created the emergency. And now they're invoking a communist control system to claim that they're resolving the emergency that they created. And, and look at this, CNBC.com is reporting, get this, quote, Biden has also directed Health and Human Services Department and the Department of Agriculture to use aircraft from the Defense Department to pick up infant formula from overseas that meets U.S. health and safety standards. What? They are using military airplanes to airlift infant formula into the United States? Yeah. <clears throat> are they going to drop it out of the back with parachutes? Yeah, we, we, we actually... To neighborhoods with young moms? We actually have footage of that, of a, of a mother waiting on a tarmac for a a, a uh, for a shipment of baby formula it's it's not even a, it's not even a thing like it's not even a joke like, like that's the crazy part let me let me start getting through some of these uh baby formula shortages clips that we have and then we'll i'll, I'll pull that up uh, let's start with this infant children hospitalized after parents cannot find enough baby formula amid nationwide shortage. Now our other big story tonight, the baby formula shortage continues and it's hitting home right here in the Mid-South. Well, tonight doctors say that they have been treating two children at La Bonner as a direct result of the shortage. Fox 15's health reporter Mandy Rock joins us live outside of the hospital tonight. Yeah, Mandy, you talked to one of those doctors treating these two children. And we just found out in the past 40 minutes that one of those children was well enough to go home. But in this case, both of those children had medical needs, which required them to use a certain kind of formula. But more doctors could find it on the shelves. The doctor I spoke with told me that they are finding ways to treat them, but it's not a long-term solution. This is literally not just Memphis, not just, you know, Tennessee. Or the sack. Yeah, see, we, we played this clip last week. I guess I'll just finish going ahead and playing it. Uh, this Mark Corkins, this the pediatric gastroenterologist, talked about because of these shortages, they're now having to do things that he, that he started training on 30 years ago today. Because, again, this is a part of the deindustrialization. We built this great infrastructure, this sprawling infrastructure that spans across multiple nations. And when you shut the world down, COVID, when you lock us down, that creates shortages, that creates just disruptions and so much more. And so we're, we're, our, our system is dying. We're having to, again, go back to older models and older things that worked because we just don't have it anymore. Literally all of North America is being affected. Healthcare experts are calling it a national crisis. Baby formula so scarce, it's not only difficult for families to find, but also for hospitals that treat sick children. We're trying to do some different 
quote unquote doctoring formulas uh, that aren't usually used for this kind of a situation to try to see if we can find something that will work. Dr. Mark Horkins is a pediatric gastroenterologist a toddler and a preschooler as a direct result of the shortage. They both live with intestinal disorders and require a special kind of formula. They can't absorb those, these other formulas and they end up getting dehydrated and falling behind. When their parents couldn't find the formula on shelves, Dr. Corkin said they used a different kind. Right now, he said he's treating the children with IV fluids and nutrients until the formula becomes available. Practicing 30 years ago, when I started in pediatric GI, we're back because some of the, the modern advances, breakthroughs we have are unavailable. Dr. Corkin said he expects more children will wind up in hospitals if action isn't taken soon. He's now calling on state and U.S. leaders to step up efforts to fix the issue. I would like to see uh, some house that our folks work to, to don't let this ever happen again. And again, there is some good news. The younger of the two children being treated here has been released. And if you are a parent having trouble finding formula, Dr. Corkin said there are some things you can do. I'll have how moms are helping other moms coming up at six. Live in the medical district, Mandy Rock, Fox 13 News. All right, thanks, Mandy. All right, thanks, Mandy. Uh, you know, the sad part is, is I have another clip that I have to follow this clip up with. How mothers were helping mothers. I unfortunately have a clip where that's not the case, where there's mothers against yeah. mothers. Uh, here is a mother caught hoarding baby formula to feed her infants. And now, before I play this clip for you guys, I, I, I saw this and it broke my heart because you're going to have mothers fighting uh, fighting each other. And something clear something clear came through my mind the minute I saw I saw this. The people will soon the, the the people will sooner turn on each other than they will in the government. Government caused this. Not your fellow comp compatriot, not your fellow citizen, not anybody else around you. It was the government that caused this. And so we're going to play this clip, right, of these two mothers arguing over baby food, over, over, over baby formula. And this breaks my heart because this isn't an isolated event. I'm wondering where else this is taking place. And this is just beginning. You imagine sending your wife to the store. She can't find baby formula. And then on top of that, she tells you she gets into it with somebody else who's hoarding baby food. This is going to make you hate that person, which isn't that person's fault. This person's just trying to survive like you are. And that's right. That's what I mean by the social unraveling, the social erosion, people turning on each other sooner than they'll turn on the government. Let's watch. You, say that you, have, you have a full cart. Look at this. Look at all this. Look at the baby. shelves. You don't think I need it for my baby, too? You think I know you come and you get this one? Before this you time, just you, you just cleared the one. whole shelves of all of this if formula. In, if you saw me, me take that because I'm paying paying for, and I'm not paying for it. I don't. I am a child at home to feed, and you just cleared the this. you just cleared the whole. Oh, can you share with me or something like that? Because this is, I saw in here, I'm buying. I don't know. You come and after I, me. I say, oh, I want to take that because too. I'm waiting patiently. Was I not I waiting patiently? I don't know. You get this. But one. still, this is the whole reason why there's a formula shortage. You take all the formula off the shelf and buy it all at once. You come after me. I don't know. You get this one. It doesn't matter. I'm saying this is the whole reason why there's a formula shortage. You come and you buy all the formula at once, and there's kids 
who need formula today who won't be able to get it because you just bought it to stock up. That's not your problem, right? You know, and again, another thing I saw or another thing that came to my mind whenever I first saw this clip is you remember when COVID happened, we played a number, we played like a compilation of, of, of uh, people of Oriental descent going around buying all the masks and then laughing at Americans whenever they couldn't get access uh, to the masks. The lady I remember at the time, she went to like three or four different stores and she had her daughter with her too. And it was like this whole thing. She's like, oh, I can't find any masks. And then she just bought all of them. And so I, this breaks my heart to see, to see mothers over here yelling at baby formula shortages that are taking place. Uh, and it's not that lady's fault. I mean, they're both right. That's the sad part. And it doesn't stop there. This is Biden's America, man. This is Biden's America. Uh, let me play real quick another clip, like I said before, of the mother on a tarmac on a tarmac waiting for baby formula amid the shortage. Absolutely incredible. You on an airstrip. Desperation with a knife. Nothing else matters. The world stops until you find that formula for your child. Well, some parents are breathing a sigh of relief this evening as a shipment of specialized baby formula could soon be in their hands. Good evening and thank you so much for joining us. I'm Amber Grigley. Well, Operation Flying Formula brought 7,000 pounds of formula to Indianapolis Airport from overseas. But as WRTV's Meredith Hackler reports, it will still be a few weeks before we start to see more formula on store shelves. <laughs> Sorry, she's very vocal. Stephen and Megan Gendig feed their daughter Ensley a specific kind of formula due to her dairy allergy. Lucky for mom, Megan, she's able to feed her breast milk part of the time. The family says having formula heading to the States is a weight off their shoulders. For us, it's, it's, a, it's a significant huge relief for us, but I know for moms that are specifically formula feeding, this is a huge, huge relief for them. And, and now we know that we can go to bed and sleep well, knowing that our babies can be fed. But it might be a bit longer before there is more formula on grocery shelves, mainly because the formula that was flown to Indianapolis on Sunday is dedicated to babies who have very specific allergies. It is a large shipment of very specific and specialized formula. Formula for moms and dads who have children who have uh, allergies where the regular form formula just simply will not work. The formula was flown to the states from overseas, and the U.S. Secretary of Agriculture says more is on its way, while facilities in other parts of the world ramp up production. The uh, subsequent deliveries that are going to take place later in the week, those will be more widely distributed and those will be available. In addition, though, we're also importing from uh, Gerber and Meet Johnson and, and Abbott from facilities they have outside of the United States. Uh, they're, you know, they were, I told the, Uber, the, the Gerber and Nestle folks told me they were operating 24-7. Getting that baby formula distributed throughout the U.S. is something FedEx is being contracted to do. Our network was built for this. All the investments we've made over the last 50 years have led us to this moment. Um, this is really who we are and what we do. So we're, we're proud to be a part of this effort to, to really uh, help save lives. And while parents realize it will be a little bit longer before they'll see more baby formula on the shelves, they're happy 
the problem is being addressed. That feels really good. feels good that the problem has been noticed nationwide, countrywide, worldwide, however you want to call it. And everyone's pulling together to try to make that happen, to bring food back throughout. In Indianapolis, working for you, Meredith Hagler, WRTV. Well, the formula is currently at the Nestle facility in Plainfield, Indiana, from where it will be distributed. At this time, we don't know where it is headed in the U.S. or Indiana. Indianapolis was chosen as the initial drop-off site because of FedEx's existing supply chain capabilities. Thanks, Amber. Thanks. Uh, but, you know, again, I can't help but think while watching that, while reading that, listening to that, what did Mike Adams say? That this is literally just shifting the problem from one person to the next? Like, this doesn't solve anything. This is them just acting like they're doing something. This is them addressing uh, the elephant in the room. But speaking about the elephant in the room, check this out. Davos Elise warned the painful global transition should not be resisted by nation states. We need to accept that there will be some pain in the process. Uh, the pace that we need will uh, will open up for missteps. Mm. Uh, it will open up for uh, shortage digital energy. It will create a and maybe we need to start talking about that, that that pain is actually worth it. Because if we don't, uh, there's no business case, there's no economy, there's there's no welfare. But but so far, I think we are have been a little bit careful actually talking about the pain in the short term that is likely to come from from the from this the very important yeah. change. Yeah, yeah what, what you guys just heard right there uh, was a Norwegian financier, CEO, Kirsten Breiten, talking about how the pain of switching to energy, to clean energy, it's worth it. It's worth it. $5 at the pump, it's worth it. Don't resist it. Baby formula shortages for the cost for, 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 for waging war against Putin, it's worth it. It's worth it. You've all got to get used to being broken. You've all got to get used to having less everything. It's good for the it's good for the environment. It's good for everybody. You having less means more for us. And so what we're going to do now basically is play like a series of clips of what went down at Davos, Switzerland uh, earlier this week. And then we're going to break those things down because they're, they're telling you step by step what their plan is. Uh, the same way Klaus Schwab tells you that the next pandemic before us or the next crisis before us that they can manage is climate change. Uh, here is Alibaba president telling the World Economic Forum Davos audience of the upcoming tracker that will monitor what you buy, what you eat, and how you travel. Through technology and ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint. What does that mean? That's where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So individual carbon footprint tracker. Mm. Stay tuned. Mm. We don't have it operational yet. Oh, you see? You see how happy they are? Mm. Oh, mm. wonderful. Oh, we can track everything you do, everything you say, everything you eat, everywhere you go. Mm. Wonderful. Mm. You just heard uh, Alibaba President Michael Evans boasting about trackable technology. And again, the same way you heard uh, Pfizer CEO Albert Borla say the very same thing. If we can get humans to ingest it as to every single thing they do, that's what they want. 
That's the next stage as to what's going down. And plantable surveillance. They want to be able to watch you at like the at, at the biochemical level, at the genetic level. Realize still, oh, we're, we're not talking about COVID-19 or anything like that. The vaccine, graphene oxide, they're just outright coming out and telling you, we want to track you. And here are the things that we want to track. We want to see what your carbon What are you consuming? What are you producing? What are you recycling? Are you a good little servant of the state? Do you have a good social credit score? Are you vegan? Did you take the vaccine? Are you wearing your mask? And and insert any number of excuses or or, or, or situations or, or hoops that they'll have you jump through. This is just the beginning. Can you walk on your knees, on your head? Things like this that don't make sense. This is what happens whenever you overrule logic. Well, let me let me read this quick article uh, from NOQ Report. They put this up May 24th. It says the reason that the globalist elites love climate change hysteria is because it gives them a license to bring forth the most intrusive technologies all in the name of saving the planet. For five decades, they've told us that we're just 10 years away from extinction. And for some reason, many still believe them. They play on this ignorance to to willingly forego freedom, privacy, and common sense for the sake of perceived security. This is why Alibaba Group President J. Michael Evans is is able to boast about new tracking technology openly at the World Economic Forum's Davos Summit. The global elitists no longer concern themselves with hiding in the shadows. They announce their intentions to the public and dare us to tell them that they're wrong. The, quote, individual carbon footprint tracker Evans described to the audience is so wrong. On the surface, such technology seems innocuous, just as people can track how many steps they take in a day or how many carbs they are ingesting. A carbon footprint tracker shouldn't be a big deal, right? That's what they want you to think. In reality, this is among the many opening volleys they've lobbied at us in recent years to test our appetite for self-inflicted surveillance. With surveillance comes easy introduction of systems such as the CCP's social credit scoring. With systems like the social credit scoring comes the government's ability to have complete control over the population. They're hitting us with massive attacks like food shortages and pandemic panic theater, but they're also hitting us with subtle attacks like additional tracking and restrictions that they call, quote, common sense. Wake up, folks. They're coming for you. Speaking of this, let me find you another clip where they talk about how free speech will need to be recalibrated. That's right, recalibrating free speech. Again, this is all this is all a part of the Great Reset. This is the socioeconomic and the socio-political, the socio-cultural reformation. Those are all tenets essentially of the Great Reset. Again, where they tell you what your identity is, where they give you rights. Remember at the height of the pandemic where in Australia or I think New Zealand specifically, they said you can go outside only to exercise for a single hour. Remember some of the ridiculous restrictions that they were imposing on the people of New Zealand and Australia? That's what they want worldwide. That's why we kept calling it a testing ground. And now they're talking about recalibrating free speech. We are finding ourselves in a place um, where we're, we have increasing polarization everywhere. And everything feels binary when it doesn't need to be. So I think we're going to have to think about a recalibration of a whole range of human rights that are playing out online, you know, from freedom of speech to the freedom to, you know, to be free from online violence, 
or the uh, right of data protection to the right to child dignity. And we already see them making this move, regardless of whether or not it's at uh, the Davos summit. New York Governor Kathy Hochul has already come out saying that she's pushing for social media censorship. That's the next phase, a recalibration of free speech. You also have people like that uh, Nina Jankowski or whatever her name is for Biden's Ministry of Truth, where she wants to be able to edit people's tweets in live time. We see this recalibration of free speech where they give you this illusion of freedom, this idea that you might be free, that you may be able to say some things, but you will be relegated and controlled if you say anything that is not permitted. And this is why they have things like authoritative sources, approved opinions, things like this. It's dangerous. Ultimately, if you ask me, it's, 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 it's dangerous because what these people are doing is trying to play the stewards of society. And they'll always get thrown on their feet. Let me play for you guys real quick a clip of George Soros, everybody's favorite Nazi collaborator, coming out saying that the world, the civilization may not survive saying to the Davos crowd that we need to defeat Putin and Xi. Let's listen. The world has been increasingly engaged in a struggle between two systems of governance that are diametrically opposed to each other, open society and closed society. Let me define the difference as simply as I can. In an open society, the rule of the state is to protect the freedom of the individual. In a closed society, the role of the individual is to serve the rulers of the state. Other issues concerning all of humanity, fighting pandemics and climate change, avoiding nuclear war, maintaining institutions, have had to take a backseat to that struggle. That's why I say our civilization may not survive. Oof. Soros isn't looking too hot. Looks like he got boosted. Definitely looks like he got boosted. And so, you know, before I jump into this next article, think about this, because what we're, what we're talking about is, as he, th- as he said, the debate between the open society versus the closed society, nationalism versus globalism. And in an open society, we're beholden to the state. In a closed society, the state is beholden to us. He wants us all to be, as we've said before, time and time again, serfs of the state, wards of the system. You see. That's why this is so dangerous. In a roundabout way, he's talking about the casual usurpation of our rights. And we've said this time and time again, how it only works if you abdicate your freedom. It only works if you abandon your nationality and you join up with the global citizen ideology. And make no mistake about it, that's exactly what they're doing at the World Economic Forum. That's what they're doing at in Davos, Switzerland right now. They are setting the stage for Agenda 2030. That's why everything that has led up to where we are at right now was child's play. 
these people coming together, making these type of declarations publicly with cameras on, allowing press to get in there. This is them saying we have we have captured your government. We have captured your nation states. You now work for us. Here are your directives. That's why we played the, the, the clip of Greg Reese talking about the 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 the, the mayor's migration council. And that's what it is, man. The same way that that, that Justin Trudeau of Canada, the Prime Minister of, of, of Canada, is in the back pocket of, of, of Klaus Schwab. It's all these interconnecting societies, all these interconnecting groups that dictate to us, the common man, what the plan is. This is the externalization of the hierarchy. This is them uncloaking. This is globalism unveiled. And so when George Soros says our civilization may not survive, he knows what he's saying. That's why they have to come out and make these type of declarations. They literally led us to this ledge and some people don't want to join. This is why you see people waking up at a faster rate. You see people within the system coming out, trying to stop this, trying to turn the ship around. That's why they have to do this. Because they, they, they've got to make their move the same way we do too. And it's not going to look pretty either way. Moving forward. Uh, Soylent Green Euthanasia, the World Economic Forum now suggests that seniors off themselves for the children. So, uh, again, if you guys have not seen Logan's Run, I would highly recommend you to do it. It's a really good, really good movie for its time. It's like a, it's like a movie in the 70s. And I, I, I just see this. I see this coming into fruition, you know, with the, in, with the domed enclosure cities, you know, capping capping uh, your evolutionary growth to where you hit your prime at like your 20s and 30s, uh, where they simulate reincarnation, like all this crazy stuff. It's actually a really, really good movie. I would highly recommend you guys go watch it because that's what this, that's what this, 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 this screams to me. It's Soylent Green meets Euthanasia, but it also screams to me Logan's Run. Uh, but let's read a little bit about this to where now they're just saying, old people, you need to kill yourselves. Old people live too long. And this is a risk for the global economy. Let's let's read this and then we'll continue on. Uh, this is from Truth Unmuted. It's been reposted from Trending po- Politics on May 20th. It says, in the height of hypocrisy of, quote, for the children, the World Economic Forum is now complaining about overpopulation and or suggesting that older people consider euthanasia, quote, for the children. In a video seen on Twitter full of geriatrics saying they've had a good life after explaining there's too many humans on the planet, the video suggests that elderly folk who no longer are, are productive should opt for euthanasia. I'm certain children all over the world are thankful their grandparents will be suggested to opt themselves for their benefit. The earth just cannot handle the sheer number of humans who live here. Something has to give. And I believe that it's up to us who have lived a good life to make sure that our children will have the opportunity to live good lives too. I have lived a good life. 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 Agenda 21. I have lived a good life. You know, in that 30 seconds, what I heard right there is if these old folks kill themselves and off themselves, they will become servants of the state. The younger generation needs that older generation to pass down that knowledge. You understand? There has to be like a handing off of the baton, a, a, a passing of the torch, so to speak. If these old people start killing themselves, 
like who's going to stand up? Who's going to stand up for the truth? Think about it. When we played that clip of Beto O'Rourke coming into uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott's press conference to be a, a jabroni, none of the younger cats stood up. It was the old dude in a walker that says, you're a sick son of a something or rather for coming up here and doing this. That wasn't none of them young cats. Them young cats was way, was acting way too respectful. It was the older gentleman in a walker standing up for common sense. If old people start killing themselves and offing themselves, they're not passing down that knowledge, which makes us all think that, well, I guess this is this is normal. This is okay. Fuck no, it's not normal. None of this is normal. So I'm going to be one of them old folks. Y'all going to have to straight. <laughs> you're going to have to you're going to have to get me boosted. You're going to have to give me the shot because I'm not going to go like this. But you see, this is this is sick to me. This is legitimately sick to me. I love old people, man. They got them, them old folks got the wisdom in them. We're not taking care of our old folks. We're killing kids all early and we're perverting the ones that get here. What is life? And I'm serious. I am dead ass serious. This is not okay. This means that, hey, when you reach a certain age, viewer and listenership, you, you better expect to die. You won't get to live out your golden years. That's This is not a good thing. So don't just put up old people over there and, you know, I've had a good life. Don't do that. Don't dehumanize yourself. Don't, don't, don't bury the beauty of your soul like this. Let me read a little bit more. I'm sorry to start yelling. I get frustrated seeing this type of stuff. Uh, and while it's couched in, quote, for the children narrative, the truth of the matter is much more sinister. Christina Lagarde of the International Monetary Fund has been quoted as saying, quote, old people live too long, and this is a risk for the global community. What Christine, what Christine is saying is, in effect, unless you were a productive member of society your entire life, your life doesn't matter. Kristen, with her white hair, manicured nails, and designer clothing, probably never worked a manual job a day in her life. She would like to tell her our senior citizens who defended this country, grew our food, built machines and trucks, mined coals, drilled oil, and worked on the railroad that now they are no longer useful and that they should just die. It is the psychopathy to look at a person who is worth 30 to 40 or 50 and sometimes even 60 years at the end of their life when they should be enjoying the twilight hours left for them and to tell them that they should just die because they are a drain on the global community. That is some evil psychopathy is the <laughs> that's the that's the politically correct term for saying evil. Just call it what it is. It's evil to say at the end of somebody's life. Just kill yourself. You should do us all a favor and kill yourself. Oh, let me finish this because I got to move on. I, I don't I, I don't know, man. I think because I've I've lost a quite a few people in such a short amount of time. Some of them were middle-aged. Some of them were elder. This type of stuff upsets me. When you have trendy people over here saying old folks need to kill themselves, this is a problem. Kill yourself first. Do us the favor. This is a fairly short article, and I'm having a hard time getting through it, guys. I'm sorry. How have we, the article says this, how have we allowed these people to get so far, so fast to attack our most vulnerable? 40 plus years ago, when they allowed abortion to kill the most innocent among us, many people ended up terminating the elderly as well. There were lots of hand waving and dismissal of that argument. However, 40 plus years on, we see that that is exactly what they are planning to do. This, after a worldwide pandemic from 
produced by our own government within China, which specifically targeted, it seems, the elderly and the infirmed. They now want senior individuals who no longer, quote, produce enough to justify their life to opt for euthanasia. And think about this. By that measure, every single one of you people that got told you were non-essential, you should kill yourself, too. If we don't take care of the of the young, the innocent and the old man, there is no life here. To my grandmother and becoming a father at the same time. The great revelation I received from the good Lord above was that if we don't, and I, and I said this on the show, I said this on the show, that if we don't take care of life when it gets here and life when it's leaving, we are not being good stewards of the planet. This type of statement right here infuriates the ever-living bejesus out of me. I am sorry. I am not sorry because these type of people exist. And I, she's just the beginning. She's just the start. And more of these type of sick, evil people are going to come out the woodworks. You bet you. You bet your bottom dollar. So let me let me let me move on because we've got literally one more video and one more article to close out the episode for you guys. And then we're done. I just got triggered looking at that type of stuff. I'm not even sorry. We. <laughs> This is why I understand Pastor Greg Locke. This is why I understand preaching against evil. This is why I understand being stubborn, putting a foot down and saying, I will not allow this level of evil to perpetuate. Every For every single person else, it might make sense, but not over here. We will not do that over here. Uh, and here it is. Here's, 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 here it is. <laughs> here's more of this nonsense. Uh, World Economic... Schwabat Davos shares socialist garbage, garbage, saying that we act all as shareholders of a larger community. Here he is just reinforcing the statement that they have captured our governments. They have captured our nations, that they are the stakeholders of the future and that they are deploying globalism and that you are the serfs of this new system that they're rolling out. Let's also be clear. The future is not just happening. The future is built by us, by a powerful community as you here in this room. We have the means to improve the states of the world, but two conditions are necessary. The first one is that we act all as stakeholders of larger communities, that we serve not our only self-interests, that we serve the community. That's what we call stakeholder responsibility. And second, that we collaborate. And this is the reason why you find many opportunities here during the meeting to engage into very action and impact-oriented initiatives to make progress related to specific issues on the global agenda. There they are, stakeholders of a global community. Make no mistake about it, guys. These guys, they, they it's all been war-gamed. It's all been talked about. They know what they're doing. They've captured governments. As he said before, they have penetrated the cabinets. They've captured politicians. And this is just the unveiling. This is, this is us playing catch-up to where they are. This is them boasting about what they're doing. 
and as the for the final article for this episode for this segment and for this episode, which really doesn't even need much explanation. The Biden regime pushes the World Health Assembly to providing the World Health Organization power over the U.S. during pandemics, while smaller member states are objecting its passage. I don't even really need to read this for you guys to understand. For you guys to understand that it's true. You guys already know that this is happening. So again, we we this is the this is how our sovereignty gets taken. And I I was listening to, to Attorney Thomas Brins earlier this week on the show, on either Stu Peters or somewhere else, talking about how legally this guy can't do this. Legally and lawfully he can't do this. It's in the Constitution he cannot do this. But the way that they're setting it up, through treaties and through bureaucracy, they can bring us about half of the way there, and then they'll have to pick up the other half. It's it's all it's all legalese. It's all manipulation, but it's all for the end goal result of us basically just being a a, a a puppet, a shell of our former national self. Let me read this quick thing so I can close out this episode. This comes from Joe Hoff to the Gateway Pundit. They put this up May 25th. It says the Biden administration is pushing the World Health Assembly to approve its amendments to the treaty with the World Health Organization, which would give the WHO power over the U.S. during any WHO declared pandemic, like monkeypox or COVID part two. The Gateway Pundit has reported the past few weeks on the amendments the Biden administration planned to bring before the WHO that would assign power to the WHO over the U.S. and essentially the WHO's overlord, China. These actions would give away U.S. power to foreign entities and the globalists who run them. Brazil's Jair Bolsonaro announced that he would not sign the treaty for his country. Senator Rick Scott warned that the treaty warned about the treaty amendments. Archbishop Carlo Vigiano also sounded the alarm bell saying this was high treason for a county or a country to sign off on. These seditious acts were brought to our attention by former Minneapolis U.S. Representative Michael Bachman. A week later, Tucker Carlson warned his audience about the treaty amendments Biden was proposing. Earlier today, it was reported that the Biden administration withdrew 12 of the 13 amendments to a WHO treaty that will give the U.S. sovereignty over to the over to the WHO in China. However, this is not exactly the case. The Gateway Pundit determined that the amendments coming from the Biden administration that would hand over American sovereignty to the WHO were not held back and are still in place. We also heard from a trusted source was a smaller member nations argued against these amendments. The Biden gang is actually pushing for these seditious acts to take place at the world health organization at the world health assembly a biden official encouraged member nations to approve the amendments the biden regime was proposing fortunately to date the smaller member nations are opposing the ones objecting to biden's treasonous amendments says contact your politicians and demand that the biden administration take back its treasonous amendments that would give u.s sovereignty over to the who and its headler china this isn't over as long as the globalists and, and corrupt politicians are in charge. This will always be on the table. The destruction of the U.S. and a new world order are the goals. This is where we are. About halfway through 2022, this is where we are. They've made their declarations. They tell you what they're doing. They show you who they're working with. There, 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 there should be no other discussions other than what are we doing to stop these people? What are we doing to stop these people and what are we doing to secure our future? At a certain level, we already know what they're doing. Like, like the article said, like, like Joe Hoff said, the destruction of the U.S. and the creation of a new world order, that's their goal. We, this, <laughs> the same way these people 
the same way these Luciferians and these Satanists believe that we have to die in order for them to succeed. This is what they want for America as a whole. As I said before, you've seen it. Every action that's being done to us is to stand us down, to deindustrialize us, is to make us weak. We have been slated for destruction, not excellence. Abundance is not in our future. Scarcity is our future. Rationing, shortages is our future. That uncertainty, destabilization is on our horizon. And it's all done by these people in suits. It's all done by these scumbags. And it's not a point. It's really not a point of, oh, are they going to get caught? Like, like, oh, is it true? We need to wake up. We need to smarten up. We need to transcend that dialect entirely. It is happening. It's going to get worse. They're not going to be stopped. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I wish I could give you some, 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 some glorious answer. But half the time, the population doesn't know up from down. We really don't. We really have been disillusioned. We need to embrace God. We need to embrace the pro-human renaissance-based future. We need to shell, throw away all these ideologies that these people are entertaining us with. We need to stop talking with some of these people on a certain level. We just need to cut ties. Because a lot of, again, the same way coming up here normalizes this type of stuff. Week after week, talking about it in this capacity, that's just normalizing the behavior. Normalizing the, 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 the escalation and the insanity. Something's got to change. And maybe we have to change. However, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant, expose lies, and share truth. This is Noise Era, Freedom Faction, and the exclusive members crew. Out. <laughs>